What is going on, everyone? DJ Dex here. We are back with another episode of the Platform Podcast. Today on the show, we got a very special guest from right here in Nashville, uh, my man DJ Diesel for episode five. Diesel, how's it going, man? Chilling. Hanging yeah. Out. Yeah, we're getting it started. Um, we're going to go into a little bit about you talking about yourself, um, the, the always talked about DJs getting requests from from people and in nashville it's uh it's a different game here um we'll talk into some of the 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 other side of djing with um negotiating your branding all that kind of stuff um but to get started let's let's hear a little bit about yourself i mean how long you've been doing this what, what are we what are we doing getting well, started we, uh, here? i am 44 years old yeah. so i think don't look a day over 25 uh, 15 with one of the homies on the baseball team was like, he had a DJ set up at his house, uh, and just went over there one day and I was like, Oh, I could do this. Yeah. I had played drums before, but at the same time, like I just wasn't into like really going too deep into like learn, like learning to play an instrument. Just nothing ever caught my eye. So like when it was DJing, I was like, Oh, this is, this is it. This is like where my happy places mm-hmm. uh, not to mention it was very self-centered choice too at the same time because like the, we were all break dancers back then so we would go to like like battles and like no girl wants to talk to you when you're spinning on your head and you're sweaty <laughs> like so like the, the girls would hang out with the djs yeah so like i kind of at that same age was like a little self-aware and was like oh if i like w- like if i want to like hang out with girls and not just dance, then like I'm not gonna be able to do like that's probably a better choice. You used to be in the break dance game. <laughs> I did not used to always weigh three hundred pounds. No, but I just <laughs> oh regardless, break dancing is fucking wild. Oh, I was not good by any means. So it was okay, probably okay. better for my my crew Career that I like moved into <laughs> DJing. Yeah. But I was enough. I mean, I I I did what I could and yeah. I had some stuff, but Breakdancing yeah. is wild. Like if you see the people that are are good at it. I remember when I was out in San Francisco visiting my brother, uh, they were just like on the street, like legit threw down the cardboard boxes, had like a big ass boom box out there and just Dude, start- we saved up money and got a piece of linoleum from the yeah. like made my mom drive us down there and like it was like growing up in California, Southern California. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. Like it's in every high school. High schools have their different crews. This is how it was way back when I was in high school. I don't know if it's still the same anymore, but I'm sure that there's probably some aspect of it that still exists. Um, but, dude, it was, yeah, we spent money on it. It was like you could drive down you know, military housing. You could drive down the street and see, like, kids just doing backflips and, and just trying everything because it was it was hot at the moment, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I got to grow up in a really cool time. Like, skateboarding was really hot. Breakdancing was really hot. DJing was kind of just first coming to the scene where like it was more of a viable, like you could do that and make money. Like yeah. you really weren't like, you know, the rave scene had kind of just started like this is the mid nineties, you know, like, I graduated in 97. So like there was the essence of what we all know now as a culture and a money-making business all just kind of there in San Diego, like naturally. And I really floated around to all the different parts and tried to like, absorb it all because for me it was just this crazy art form that was like accessible who else had access to that yeah 
So, yeah. Sorry. I get no, off that's, on a couple tangents every once yeah, in a while. <laughs> that's good, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that tells more about you growing up and, and getting your start as a DJ. Um, but, yeah, you grew You touched on it a little bit, like, growing up in Southern California. Um, when did you end up moving to Arizona? So my route took me uh, air, uh, California, right? Yeah. Born in Hawaii, but raised in California. Oh, I never knew that. Um, and then at 17, my, my dad was in the military, so we mm-hmm. got transferred. He got transferred to Chicago. Okay. But he didn't. I don't know if, if it was a decision of based on money or if he just didn't want to live in Chicago. Yeah. He actually moved us into a house in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah. Which nobody knew of until a couple years ago. Yeah. Kenosha is <laughs> um, uh, right on the border. Yeah. And that was where I got my dip into what I call like, I don't know, like the essence of what you're either with that person that's going to stand on the dance floor and listen to music at 5 a.m. or you're not. Mm hmm. And that's where I found that out because yeah. I was going to parties in Chicago. I started DJing a little more. People were introducing me to Juke music and Chicago house and, and Detroit music and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, this is even bigger than I thought it was. And these people, their passion is this. Like, that, they live for this. Yes. Um, so it was nice to see all that. Um, and then back to Eugene, Oregon, where my dad lives. Well, Springfield, but most people don't know where that is. It's, like, right there in Eugene. Yeah. And then... Moved to Arizona because I wanted to go become a Harley mechanic, right? I didn't have anything really going for me in life. I was still DJing and stuff like that, but I hadn't made that connection that this is going to be my career yet. Yeah, It was something I made money at. and So I was like, I'm going to work on Harleys. And when I came down to Arizona, it just kind of fell into the spot of like the hot spot at ASU. Happened to know the owner and fell in and kind of built a career there for 20 years in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from when I met, like first initially met you um, was when you were doing booking for El Jefe. Mm-hmm. And then when I was DJing in Chicago, I'd been booked at El Jefe a couple times from you um, while you were still out in Arizona, obviously DJing there and every other spot in Arizona. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so were you doing stuff with being so, a mechanic and Harley and stuff, or were you just I, focused on? DJing? I mean, I, w- I was. That was my goal. Yeah, right. And I had got an offer at the Harley Davidson ship dealership, one of the ones in the town. I'm not going to say their name because it's should have came to Milwaukee, offer. man. Harley, you no, no, it wasn't in Milwaukee. It I know. I'm saying it, you should have. Harley, I, I Harley, could have, huge. Yeah, yeah. But I spent time there. Remember, first yeah. of all, I, as as I have fond memories, yeah. I also have unfond memories. Gotcha. <laughs> and. Eight months of snow was an unfond memory. Yeah, it's a little different than uh, than Arizona. That's for but sure. But I did get really good at pool and bowling. Yeah, and darts. Those are like kind of the only things I could do. Yeah, and probably um, drinking too. Yeah. Oh no, I was already good at that. Okay, okay half Irish, half Mexican. I. <laughs> yeah, my bottle when I was born was not a, a baby bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I can't say that. My, I didn't really actually start drinking until I was like closer to eighteen. I was one of those late bloomers. I don't. Yeah, remember. that's how uh, I was too. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember where we were going. Yeah, so just like from from you DJing or on the Harley like mechanic side of things. Oh yeah, I mean, I I got the offer from from the dealership, and it was like, uh, yeah, nine dollars an hour. And at that time, that was good because that was like, I want to say like two thousand four ish. So it wasn't like bad. It was entry level mechanic. That'd be like getting offered like fifteen dollars an hour 
to eighteen dollars an hour now. now. Yeah, like as an entry level mechanic, knowing you could make more, so it wasn't terrible. But at the time, I was making one hundred and fifty dollars an hour DJing, yep. and I had four residencies a night. Yep. So I just that was when I was like. I'm going to do this for a little while and I'll maybe I'll work on some custom bikes and build my own bikes. Yeah. Cause I have a little bit of extra income. Right. And that just never, ha it just never happened. Like once I left the school, I fucked around with a couple of motors with my friends and we built some race motors and stuff like that. But all my energy really just kind of focused on like, how do I make more money at DJing and still be creative? Yeah. Right. Because that was like, I mean, that was like when mashups were were the first first on the scene when Z Trip started the mashups. From what I know, like there could be somebody out there, somebody you know, the, you yeah, know, they're gonna be like, no, it was, you know, this dude in his basement twenty years before that started, whatever. Z Trip was from Arizona. Mm -hmm. I had seen how people loved him, and I had started hearing, you know, Crook and Clan mashups and things like that. So I was really impressed with the production and the way that they were put together to where they would work on the club really well. And I got, I was in a really cool spot. So the plot spot I was in, like I was playing sweet child of mine and Missy Elliott. Like, so, so they were, and I was like not mixing those two records, but like, but you, you're those. able to play was the owner yeah. wanted. And yeah. that was like right at the same time as, as AM was getting his like palms residency type of thing. Like in that same era, I had already had experience with the mashups and like really kind of playing like those random records because he would come up and be like, uh, drama rama, anything right now. And I'm like, okay, and I'd have to figure it out or have it for the next week or whatever. Um, not because it was something that I, I'm not gonna take credit for at all or try and at, at all. It was just something that I was forced to do by ownership. Yeah. And that owner owner was somebody that owned a lot of spots and he actually had an interview in uh, a nightlife magazine in, in Vegas. I think it was born nightclub magazine, but it, and he talked about, it. he goes, he literally said our talked about our relationship and he goes, why would I spend a million dollars on a build out and then hand the keys over to a DJ and go here, do whatever you want. Why would I not have communication with him? Why would I not have control over what he plays? Why would I not? And I saw it from a different side at that point. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this, this is the business side of it where the DJing and like, and scratching and, and tricks and, and all that stuff are, that's the fun art side of it. Yeah. Right. Everything you can come up with the production and all that stuff. But so I saw it in that way. So that's where it really started my business career of doing it. So I was just helping out that owner. And then I met the guys at Riot Hospitality and that's all history. <laughs> yeah. Start to build out from there. Yeah. Cause then you're, you're getting into more of, of booking and, and getting into the behind the scenes of the club Instead of just a DJing of, of, hey, who do we need to book? What do we need to do to make money? Theming events, stuff like that. Like we've talked about before, just different events and that you guys have ran in Arizona. Um, and that's just ideas that you've helped out with, too, with, with management, ownership, all that kind of stuff. Going deeper than, than just being the DJ. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am very confident in my ability. Not that I am doing that right now or looking for that. But I'm confident in my ability to walk into any venue, sit with an owner, mm -hmm. spend time. I'm not talking about an hour. I'm like, spend some time with the owner, get to know them, get to know what they want, and really understand how to articulate what they want yeah. to the DJs. Yeah, That was the biggest asset I think that I had was 
you know, you can take incidents. Everybody's had to refresh their set before. Everybody's sets got stale. But how do you tell somebody that? Because we're all artists at the heart, at the end of the art, and it's emotional. We're emotional beings, like artists are. Yeah. Like the reason these things get us so hyped and sensitive is also the reason that we are sensitive about critiques of what we do. You know, and that goes into kind of like, you know, how many different remixes do you have of Journey? And how many different versions can you play yeah. before or, or do you take it out of your set when you know it's the best song for this set? You know, all those things are hard decisions that, that guys have to make to keep their jobs. <laughs> yeah. We, um, I feel like Nashville is a little bit, um, a little bit different in that sense where depending on the venues that you're playing at, you have to alter your set like that just because of, of what, the ownerships or the bookers want where there are venues here that you have to play more of like that, that cheesy stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and it works like, don't get me wrong. It works for, for those venues a hundred percent with the kind of tourist setting that you get here. Um, you can play that, that cheesy set and, it's okay, but I feel like so many DJs where it goes to to you having to like relay that message to other DJs is you have to kind of tell them like, hey, put your ego to the side. Like you don't need to play all the all the new shit and and try and like bring in all these new records, like play the cheesy shit that yeah. you know is gonna work and make this club money. Um Yeah, and then you have also clubs that are like, We don't want any of that. Yep, and we just that's want the, the opposite. Cutting yeah. edge like this, and then and you have to be both. Yeah, you have you have to walk that line to be able to to do both. Um, I think Darren brought up a good point about the clubs here in Nashville. Is that like people that think came from a smaller town to here to DJ or only have DJed here are at a disadvantage only because the DJ community gave them that disadvantage. Yeah, not I don't think it's a tourist town. I don't. I mean, I know it is a tourist town. But Darren brought up a good point. They're they're not used to building a night. A, a night. You're yeah. not you're not used to people not showing up till eleven thirty. Yeah, and you close at two thirty yeah. or three o'clock, and you're like, okay, well, and then I got you know, you, it, it's it's a different thing. So they've been done an injustice by just the lack of a DJ community being supported like it is in other cities. Yeah, where. I have guys, whether they say it to my face or not, I would prefer it to be my face, but you kind of know what's being said about you on the street, mm-hmm. right? So you have to look at, like, at first, when I was younger, I was like, man, F that. Like, this is, they're just fucking jealous or whatever. But, you know, it's like that. I don't know if you've ever heard the saying before, but, like, if one person tells me I have a tail, they're probably lying. A hundred people tell me I have a tail, it's probably worth turning around and taking a look, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of how I had to reevaluate life, and it happened from one getting fired from like one of my favorite nights in the in Phoenix that I that I was like, and it was just you know the things that the guys were saying to me. While I still feel like some of them were invalid, there was a lot of weight that came with them and truth too. Where I had to relearn how to deal with people in the DJ community. While the DJ community comes from like hip hop and stuff like that, it it, it its origins are very hardcore based in that. Um, one of the things I think that 
that it's lost is that I'm better than you attitude, right? Because a lot of it, there was there was the, let me tell the story about my neighborhood, right? And then you had the era where I kind of came in from with my head, but was like the 90s and like early 2000s, like that. Like, that was like, I'm better than you. Like, and it was kind of bragging, right? But it wasn't ever like, I mean, sometimes it did get out of control, but it was part of the culture. Yeah. Was like, oh, you you suck because you do this or you suck because you do that. And learning how to take that from the culture was something that I had to really learn, which was there's going to be a little bit of truth to everything. But then, like, if I, if I could tell you how many memes I've seen of me being fat or being some fat guy and they just post my face on there, it's funny every time. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Like, it's funny every time because they come up with some crazy new ones. But at the same time, it's like, that really has nothing that's not that's really nothing relevant to my DJing. Yeah. Right? Except for every once in a while when I my belly gets out there and I hit the crossfader. Hit the crossfader turn, a little bit. Turn, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it's it's more like when I'm reaching over. But yeah, like it had never really been like taught to me uh like how to how to filter that. Yeah. How to filter like that's not a comment on my DJing. That's just them being just dudes. haters. Yeah. So what not even haters, just just being guys yeah like, guys make fun of each other like, yeah that's just kind of like what what we do and it just we kind of always have and to a certain extent and that's kind of how you kind of know your place sometimes in, in in with guys is like you give them a little shot and see if they'll give it back to you and you know and oh okay you know this is like it's a feeling out process and yeah. djs are the same way like and i had to really at a younger at a younger age like understand that that was like the they were critiques but they were masked in like insults yeah um, so I had to look at it and, and really, you know, learn how to talk to people and really try to listen and accept who they are. That's one of the things I had to learn was I have to change for each person, not yeah. each person change to me because then I'm a dictator. Yeah. Right. And I don't never want to be that. <laughs> yeah. And that's something you still have to deal with day after day now. Um, I mean, even, even here in Nashville too. So. It's a new town. So like, yeah, you're like you have all new people to like talk to and impress and befriend and spend time with and find out who are your people in town and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I like the experience of getting to know people like really, yeah. it's fun. Um, How long have you been here? Uh, it's only, well, it's, it's a weird combination, but yeah, uh, a year and a half now. Um, yeah, I but it was like two. Okay. I started flying and staying, spending time here. Yeah. Uh, about six, six, seven years when we opened Whiskey Row. Okay. So if we, can, we could go through that real quick, is like I met the guys from Riot Hospitality when they opened their first restaurant or yep. bar concept, which was El Jefe in Scottsdale. Fast forward years later, we now are partners with Dirk Bentley and Dirk Bentley's Whiskey Row. Yeah. They have El Jefe, they have um, Riot House, they have Cake, they have Handcut. They have farm and craft. Um, and there's other things that, you know, being in that office that are just great, amazing ideas that are coming from those guys. Um, and so when, you know, working on the entertainment side, I came to Nashville to help with the entertainment for Whiskey Row. But knowing as I had grown, I never, I knew that I couldn't come into Nashville and be like this, 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 this. Yeah. I, it, I, I knew that it had to be somebody from here that was really 
because I'm not going to live here. At the time, I wasn't going to move here. Like, I'm going to be in and out, and somebody has to do it. Like, one of those, you have to let somebody else do the job because you know that you're just not capable of doing it. You would do it wrong. I knew that I didn't have the skills. So when they came to me and they were like, hey, we have Ward Gunther from Whiskey Jam who's going to really help us out on this side and kind of run everything, and he's going to put some people together on on the ground, and he's found some DJs, you know, like, I really kind of just came out, set the company standards that they needed to hold things up to, like discuss that with them, and then, and then helped just kind of be in the building. Okay, these are the things that we don't like. These are the things that we do like, and also taking notes for the for the corporate office too. Like these things that we do in in Arizona do not work here in Nashville. Like, yep, and that's not something a lot of people want to hear when they're spending millions of dollars. Yeah, right. So. I was able to be able to say stuff like that and and they gave me the opportunity to, to help in those ways and they understood that I spent time understanding that stuff. So that's how I first started coming here. So I spent more time here. And then it was just during COVID, I was like, me and Riot parted ways. Um, and I was like, oh, you know what? Let me focus on me. I built somebody else's company for twice now. For, for the first owner and then for, for Riot. I, yeah. I didn't build it for him. I helped him. Yeah. Um, so let's focus on me now. So let's focus on this brand and see, like, what we can do with this. You know, the goal was move out here, meet somebody, some some cool artists, and maybe go on tour with a couple of them and, and do that thing. Uh, but in that process, I just can't – I was like, you know, I really love, like, a 500-person nightclub. No more than that. And I think I'm just a nightclub guy. For the rest of my life like mm-hmm. i don't want to be on tour really or i don't want to be in front of like millions of people or like that that never really entered my mind as like something that i really 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 want to do and go after do i produce music and make edits yeah i love that stuff like that's i love doing it but it's not it's not for that it's to get that little crowd in the nightclub like, yeah let's all get that connection so another tangent yeah <laughs> it works though yeah i mean i i know since i've moved out here like you you're playing everywhere out here all the time um which obviously like the majority your 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 home base is whiskey row yeah um and i mean what what's what's like your your residency now there is it is it set dates or has it changed it's thursday now? friday saturday yeah um but we're moving fridays um I think I have like two weeks left as of the filming date. So I don't know when this will come up. Yeah. Um, But on, on Fridays, I kind of like was hesitant to take Thursday, Friday, Saturday earlier in the year. Yeah. I know we talked about that a little bit just because you feel like you get like, it's just too much of me in the same spot. You get like stale almost. And and it, 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 it it is like, so I know what I need to do to keep the business busy. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing that. And then it's like, then you have, you know, staff members and things like that that are just like, oh, this is the same thing over and over and over. And I'm like, I get it. But at the same time, like, you're also hearing me three nights in a row. Correct, yeah. <laughs> like, you're all, like, and that's, that. you know, I've always been a proponent of, like, have a resident on the night. Yeah. Like, don't rotate all the time. Yeah. Because that, like, my, the way I see it is, this weighs more to me. I think this side weighs more, and that's why I see it that way, is that, that person's invested in that night yeah. in that night being successful and that night needs to be good every week where if you get a guy that rotates in once a month it's more of a 
come in, I'm gonna do me like if I lose this gig, it's I can it's one gig I lose a yep. month. I can fill it with another gig. Right. So I'm gonna come in and do me and just bang it out. And I don't really care if the customer, I'm gonna make them listen to it. I if I could tell you how many times that I've heard a DJ say things like, No, I'm not playing your request. You're here to hear me. And I and I don't and I don't fault them for it. I just go in my head, I'm like, that's such a young way of thinking. Yeah. And it's not sustainable. Um, if you want to be in this in in the nightclub industry, if you want to be on the festival side, I don't know how that works. That could work over there. I don't. I'm not. Yeah, in that I mean, world, so you just don't have to play requests because, like, a festival. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're coming. But I don't here. know if the the arrogance about it. Yeah. works in that world or not. But yeah. it definitely doesn't work in this world. Yeah. Um, I, I can't tell you how many DJs I've seen that have like gone to a city and that's the hot DJ, and then two years later because. They just started telling everybody that, you know, I'm this, you're going to do that. I'm just nobody wants to work with them. Yeah. And then yeah. you're like, oh, I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, it's yeah. happened in Chicago a couple of times. I'm sure Milwaukee's had it happen. <laughs> no, there was actually, I was just listening to, uh, I forgot what it was, but they were actually talking about um, as a booker, one, like booking people that you've actually heard, which that's one thing we've talked about on here a couple of times now. Um, of just how Nashville has so many third-party booking agencies that they haven't even necessarily heard the DJ's DJ, but are still booking them, um, and they could just be fucking trash. Well, they, there's, I mean, and and they have said like a hundred percent that is my job. My yeah. job is not to curate the, the their their business for them. Yeah, my, my job is to just make sure that that shift from four to six is covered. Is covered. Yeah, and there's a guy that can that can. That is a DJ yeah. that can play that. Yeah. And then, so what else they talked about was like when they are booking DJs, like if it is somebody that is a dick or they just like don't want to work with, then just already they're just cut out. And it's because it's like, why would I want to book somebody that I wouldn't even want to be friends with as a person or, or. Yeah. I can't have a five minute conversation with yeah. you. I don't, I, and then I have to deal with your your attitude the yep, entire time. Exactly. Yeah. Um the only sad thing about the industry is that if anybody tells them that, it's probably being spoken to them in a way that they can't understand. Yeah. Which is like you're an asshole. You're a dick. Which is not most of these yeah, guys. Not, not the wrong way to say it. It's not the wrong way to say it, but it's not and in most cases it's not. It's just yeah. those guys have never I got really lucky in the people at Riot and the and the gentleman before them, um really working with me on a business side yeah so you like, can actually learn that side yeah and then de and develop like as a booker like my owners were just like every other owner they wanted tiesto for four thousand dollars and uh, and and our hot girls would stand by them you know like that's just how every owner in the world wants it you know mm -hmm. like they just want what they the most expensive for the cheapest and my owners drove me to become a fucking pit bull in negotiations. That's just what it was. Like I, I had to, I mean, I'm on the phone. I mean, some of the names I can't say, but some of them I can like, there's been managers for, and I'm not, they're not even like hip hop artists. They're just like managers for like Instagram people. Yeah. That have like threatened my life. And it's just because that's the, that's the, area that they've grown up in negotiating yeah and 
that's like okay to say stupid stuff like that. And I had to filter all that, right? Because like I'm over here in office, I can't say, oh, well, he said if we don't bring sixty thousand dollars to as our next offer, we can we can I can kiss my kid goodbye. Like I can't say that in a meeting when I know he doesn't mean it. I know he he's he's like, you might as well just not feed your kid. Like like it just weird things that they would say. Yeah. Because it's just the negotiation part of it in that world. And I'm not saying it's all that world. It was just specific things that I dealt with. So I had to become an asshole of a negotiator. And but I couldn't go into the office. And so sometimes it looked like I wasn't making any ground. But it's a waiting game. It's like a hey, you gotta talk to this person and you gotta talk to that person. Um, there's a couple of like third party guys that like really helped me kind of get break through. And once I broke through, like I was able to like I still I never crossed them. I never like booked without them. Yeah. I booked with them, but like I was able to have the relationship that was there um, between me and the artist or me and the manager and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but negotiation wise, if I could give any advice to anybody, it would be deal points. What the fuck are your deal points? I am as a owner of a bar, I am never going to offer you more than I want than, than you want. Mm -hmm. I am never going to hand you more than what you're expecting or what you're asking for. So, why not? If you want to be at blatant statement right now, it's probably the second time it's been recorded. If you're playing from four hours on a Friday or Saturday, anywhere in the U S you are worth $500 period period all day long. Most guys are worth more than that. Mm -hmm. I know the numbers in the building. I've seen the numbers in different, in different buildings. Like every single guy is worth $500 on a Friday, Saturday, 10 to 2 in the morning or whatever your nightlife is. Hours are. Yeah. Hours are. Yeah. Now, if you want more than that, or even if they're offering you 200 and you want to get to 500, simple. My goal is to be at 500. But I'll take this offer at 350. But I want to be at 500 in six months. Let's set a goal on how I do that. What are the things that you want me to do that – will get me to $500 a night. You want to see this much in sales? You want to see uh, an increase in in uh, uh, girls coming into the bar, females attending the bar, as opposed to, like, all guys? Do you want to see more sports, like, fans in the bar? Mm -hmm. Because you're across the street from... All those things. You are a business. You're selling yourself. Yeah. So why wouldn't you ask for all of the all of the metrics that you're going to be measured by and ask that their goals are, and then say, okay, well, if I meet these goals, can we get me here? Mm -hmm. Every every boss or manager, if they're good, or booker, if they're good at their job, will look at that as, this is a guy that I want to do business with all the time. Because this is going to yeah. be the dude that go. I go, hey, man, I got a random gig and we're doing a, you know, we're taking our bar and we're doing a golf tournament. But I need you to be there at nine o'clock in the morning, set up, bring some speakers, and I'll pay you a thousand dollars or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. You're not a mobile DJ, but you did something for that club because and you made more money because you're a business guy. You you you're talking on the level that they they talk on most of the days, which is about numbers, about how do we make the business grow, how do we make the brand grow, all those types of things. Um but if you know your deal points, you, like, say them. 
Because if you offer, if I offer you a gig at 350 and you don't say shit in six months, when you ask me for a raise, still getting the same thing. I'm gonna go yeah. tell me why I need to give you a raise. Yeah. You accepted this already. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've never said you know? anything. And I'm sensitive. not trying to be a dick. I'm looking out for my business. Yeah. No. And, I, and that's what I think a lot of the guys aren't understanding is like your business. So when you are 30 minutes late to your set and you make the other DJ late, or you're sitting there running your mouth about all these other guys just blatantly in public. You can have your opinions. If you have your opinions, either keep them to yourself or tell them to the person that yeah. you're about. Like, that's all I have to say about that. Like, but you start running your mouth about other DJs. These people, they don't want to hear that. They're in the nightlife business. They already have enough drama. Yeah. They don't need the DJ to bring more drama about other DJs. It's, it, it, you just sit there and, and, I mean, negotiation, they're going to be rough and tough. Like, go online and watch a couple of negotiation videos and, and things like that. How to turn a no into a yes, things like that. Um, but if you don't ask for it, it's not going to happen. And that's with everything in your career. Yeah. Everything like show up for yourself. Granted, I was late today. Sorry, <laughs> but I made it. I'm here. Yeah. But this uh, isn't, this isn't a, a, a timed gig. So it, no, it's it was not, all right. But it was all right. It's an opportunity for me to get my ideas out yeah. there, get my face out there, talk about some of the things I'm doing. And so if I just stay in bed all day, then what is it helping? Yeah. 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 I got the you. Four million people that are going to see this on the podcast are not going to know about me. Hey, I mean, we just, I just had Dirk Spenley. Uh, I just talked to him actually this week and, uh, he, I would talk to him about the podcast. I was telling him actually about uh, Jevity and being Kane Brown's DJ, and Dirk's had no idea about like the backstory behind it. And we were just <laughs> we were sitting there shooting the shit, and he's like, "Wait, he's like, you're telling me they had no idea that they were brothers?" And I'm like, "No, they just found oh, out yeah. like a couple years ago." And he's like, "What?" Like, he's like, "Let what's what's the name of the podcast?" Pulls it up on his phone. He's like, "I'm gonna have to go listen to this." I'm like. I'm like shit. I'm trying to get you on it, and he just he started laughing, and he's like, he's like, well, I got the tour coming up soon, but he's like, if I have time, he's like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do it. So and I would love to have him from all the experience that I know. Like yeah. he's a man of his word. Oh, dude, he's like, the nicest guy ever too. Like every time I've I've helped him in the store, like he goes out of his way to ask your name. Like the first time that he came in. He like went out of his way to be like, "What's your name?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm Declan." He's like, "I'm Dirks." And I'm like, "Yeah, buddy, I know." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I was like, I know." And then he came in like a couple weeks later, remembered me, and he was like, "Oh, like he's like, where are you from again? Chicago?" And I was like, "Milwaukee." He's like, "Oh, yeah, that's right." He's like, "He's like, how's the DJ been going?" And now like this is, but for him four to even get later. that close, no, and that's what I'm saying. Of like a city, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, out of all the people that he's probably talking to and meeting and stuff too. And then when he just came in this week, the last time he came in was like four months ago or something like that. And he's like, oh, how's the DJ in Ben? And I'm like, how the fuck do you even remember this? Like, He's, he's, he's a very intelligent man. Yeah. Um, and he's very re- well-respected in what he does. And yeah. Well, and he deserves that. He, he is a very well-respected person. He's the nicest guy. So nice. The, yeah. The team that works for him has been so welcoming to me yeah that it's like i have another family yeah like and i don't even work for riot anymore 
but yet I they'll still ask me, hey, do you want to come through the like they know my parents are in Eugene, yep. Oregon, and they'll ask and say, hey, do your parents want tickets to the show in Eugene, Oregon? Yeah, like that's that's the type of people he surrounds himself mm-hmm. with, and that's one of the reasons the like that and Ward's love for me, where it's just like, yeah, like I'm gonna make this move because I feel like there's people that are willing to like accept me pushing myself in that direction and like yeah. be supportive of it. Um, whether I make nothing of myself or not, at least I've tried. Right. And, but they'll have your back through the process. They have or, my back. Yeah. They have, they're always there for advice. Yeah. Like I, I literally can just text Ward and be like, Hey, I know you're super busy. I just need 30 seconds of your time. I just need some advice on something. And the guy will make time for me. Yeah, yeah. He might be like, Hey, can I call you tomorrow or something like that? But he'll make time for me. Yeah. He, and he always does. And he doesn't need to, I have no benefit to him. Like knowing me is of no benefit to him at all. But I think you're you're sits- counting yourself out a little <laughs> bit there, but yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm saying monetary benefit. Yeah. Like there's no like we're friends. Mm-hmm. I like the guy. We talk I mean, about I still think you could you could help out a lot in like in a whiskey jam fashion um with with the DJ realm of it. Um I mean, you look at like Jevity DJ in one of their events the other night. They don't really don't have a lot of like DJs in their events, but that is something that they could do. Or it could be something that he's talking about on like Apple Music. I mean, maybe he he wants to talk about how country or country artists are are getting into the DJ world because they really don't. Yeah. And that's something that when I talked to him, um, when he did he did like a QA once and that was like one of my things is like how are country artists getting their music out to to DJs cuz you'll see like obviously in the in the EDM world um house music anything like that DJs are putting out those those packs for other DJs where they'll send them out or they'll have downloadable tracks on on a SoundCloud a Bandcamp or anything like that hip hop world like you get edit packs from from DJs um all the time yeah but in like the country music side of things, nobody's sending tracks out. Like, you've got like the one record pool that like that is, does country. Edits. Yeah, which yeah. I think is like Club Killers will do like Roadhouse stuff with like Silver. Or, yeah, but there's a there's a, a strictly country one. Yeah, and and I know that JD's on it. He does a lot of edits there. Yep, they're they're like pretty much intro outro edits. Yep. Like, but. Do they do anything to promote those records? Are they part of the record industry? That's what I'm saying. I don't, like, I don't know any of that. Yeah. Um, but when, if you need, if you're a DJ and you are actually blending records, mm-hmm. um, grabbing some stuff like that that's quantized and has the intros and outros is huge. Is huge for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and it and it could just generate you know more for the music. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question on how they're how they're doing that. And yeah, like and that's that. a- I, I'm not even in. Involved. I mean, I think JD is probably the the closest one. I and mean, there's a couple other guys that just don't live here, so I don't yeah. know them. Like, there's like a Milan guy. Like on that website, there's like four or five people that, that are do that. The producers and remixers yeah. and editors. Yeah. yeah, I know Travis. He's got a lot of stuff on there too. Yeah. But his is more like a mashup. Like the ones that I found from him are yeah. more mashups as opposed to just like a straight up redrum. Um. Yeah, I just feel like you see it a lot more in other genres than in like a country where that could be something that like Ward could even 
kind of pilot um, to get those country artists to get those those records out to DJs. Where then, obviously, in a city like here, those songs are going to be played out in in a, an Aldeans or a Whiskey Row or wherever else, and then be heard by thousands and thousands of people over the weekend and kind of jumpstart that track. Because obviously, if the DJs are playing your song, that's only going to make it more and more popular. Um, I feel like with... So don't count yourself out. You, you could definitely be more, I more than I see what you're saying, yeah. but I just, I just feel like with the streaming and yeah. all these like direct-to-consumer avenues yeah it's almost too late by the time a dj gets a hold of it yeah because like we're looking at records now that are like leaked on tiktok and three days later they're on itunes or i mean apple music and spotify yep right and and then they're not on a record pool they're not on a record pool there isn't that that time of like where the radio station had to push it as much yeah um i mean a lot of the like when i get requests like people come to nashville and they expect one of the greatest artists of all time, Tyler Childers, to be played, right? So I have some drum remixes and stuff like that. Excuse mm-hmm. me, I just spit all over the place. But <laughs> it's a little cotton. Mouth. Just be for whoever's uh, <laughs> whoever's using the mic next. So. Yeah, yo, yeah. Um, <coughs> but anyway, carry on. Yeah, yeah I so just, when people I just are coming, feel like with all the streaming, it's it's hard to get that. By like the it's time hard we to get beat, it, it's, it's already a hit, it. and we, yeah. we're expected to have a remix. Yeah, right. That's kind of where the world's going now. It's like yeah. With, it, and and that's why like I like I'm focused a hundred not a hundred percent but very closely on watching TikTok because it's essentially a label now. It's it's a it's a chart for sure. It, it's it's least. a like, it, it's it's a way. It's basically what the like kind of what the A and R's used to do like back yeah. in the day for the radio station DJs. Like, hey, we'll you know we'll break you off a little bit of cash or we'll fly you down to um, Puerto Rico for the summit, like all that kind of stuff. And now it's just like, okay, well, it's just basically a transaction. Like, oh, you're a huge TikToker. Please do a dance to our to our song. Here's ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Or here's five thousand. I don't know the numbers. Like, I'm just making those up. But well, and then off your and views and stuff kind of, too. Yeah. It's so hard for DJs to like be known as the guy that's like really you're looking for to break records. Yeah. You've got guys, you know, like on like radio stations. You know, so you've got like um, the guys that are on uh pitbull's globalization you've mm-hmm. got the guys that are on you know hip-hop nation you've got i mean you've got i mean diplo has his own show Revolu- yeah, like revolution yeah yeah but he's got a like whole, a shade 45 or something like but that the, too, the, yeah. it's like a whole section on friday nights that he does of like brand new records yeah like or records that he thinks are going to be big um so like it's hard because it's not it's kind of like focused yeah so much on the consumer that they almost don't even need us anymore um, in that aspect, again, I'm not in that industry. It just, from what I've seen, this is just through my lens, yeah, my rose colored colored lenses. Um, so like that would be something that would be hard. Like, it's an interesting conversation to have, yeah, to do something like that. Um, I'm just like currently working like mostly on all my edits and remixes. You know, the original stuff is finally coming out. Like, I've got two or three on the SoundCloud now that are original kind of remixes. Um, and then a lot of the edits, all my edits, you know, like I've been doing those for years and they've been put on DMS headliner, different places. I've had stuff, you know, I have a juice world one that I know that Diplo plays when he's playing like giant festivals. He probably doesn't play it anymore. Cause he's really more in the house stuff. Yeah. 
so I've got like a decent amount like of of like notoriety that there's some edits out there, um, but I never really tried to monetize on them. Like uh, like a lot of people, you know, like Bandcamp, Patreon. Yeah. yeah. So now I just have like I have my Bandcamp on there. Yeah. Right. So if you go on any of this anything that I'm at, you know, DJ Diesel on anything, it's spelled out D E E J A Y Diesel. Um, if you don't know how to do, spell diesel, just drive by any gas station. <laughs> um but the band camp is like it's i just looked at wookie's band camp not that i'm anything remotely close to what he is but i'm like he's got a couple thousand people that are paying him five bucks a month to download this yep. songs and they have access to to streaming and i'm like that i know that there are people that want to that always ask me i get monthly emails from people and text messages do you have anything new what's your new edits so i'm like okay well it, sometimes it feels like you're trying to monetize off your friends, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, it's like I put hard work into these. Yeah, if they like, support, they should. The, then, like, why could like, you know? What's it? And that's why I want. I was like, five bucks is perfect. Yeah, like you. Can, and there, I think there's like twenty seven on there now, or something like that. And there's, I think I'm probably doing about anywhere from five to ten a month, depending on if it's a good month of music yep. and stuff like that. And I don't do them. For money, I do them for like each one of them is something I'm passionate about. I'm like, this was a song that I really liked, and I made I've made an edit that's playable in the clubs. I try to keep most of my edits. Um, I won't do a clean version. Sorry, you'll have to clean it up yourself. That's just not going to happen. It's too much work for me. I'm a club DJ. I always tell people I've turned down gigs because I have to do clean music. Sorry. Yeah. Um, just they know what the, the word is when it, it goes beep and it goes backwards. Yeah. All the kids know what the word is, and everybody's like, it. it words are words. Like, yeah. Um, and, um, but it's just kind of like club energy, pop club energy. Yeah. Like I really love pop music. Like I really love a good pop song. Like it just, what's like your top right now that you like playing out or that you just like listening to? Will you say like, are you talking about just any song or pop song? Like pop song right now. I would say, um, I don't know if you could really like say that this is a pop song, but it feels like a pop song. Is that um, Pink Panther song that that's out right now? And Ice Spice, yeah, yeah, with Ice Spice. I don't like, think that's like poppy. Yeah. It's like a, I I play Boy, it and Boys I'm like, a Liar. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a like I feel like I'm driving. I'm like oh, this is fun. This is a yeah. pop song. Like it's nice. Um, but it's also part of that. Like if we go down that little trail of yeah. where did that beat come from? Well, that's like really close to. Um, uh, a Jersey club style beat, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I feel like there's this energy coming back in hip hop where, and a lot of it's because of that beat. And I think, I think people were looking at it, but they weren't really using it until Ver, Uzi Vert. Uzi, dropped yeah. It. yeah. And then people were like, oh, if we muffle that kick, because in the Jersey club, it's sharp. It's bang, 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 bang. If we muffle that, put a little bit more 808 on it and round it out. It's still got the vibe, but it still kind of has that same vibe that we have. Mm-hmm. So I love that like c- combination right there. And then when you throw like what I think is like kind of fun lyrics and like more of a pop melody on top of it. Yeah. Um, I could be totally wrong. Everybody would be like, that's not a pop record. I mean, I don't really. I, I would call it like uh pop just means popular. Yeah. It, it, that's all it means. And I don't it's know where definitely it a top ne- 40. Yeah. It's never yeah. like, I don't know where it got this negative connotation from. Like, yeah, they're good songs. They might not be the best song in the world, yeah. but they're good songs. I mean, there's a reason that 
Taylor Swift writes so many freaking pop songs. And her tour, her tour starts this weekend. So, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, in Arizona. So no, I yeah. will not be going there. Yeah, my my, my brother <laughs> will be there. So he uh, he'll take pictures for her. she. She posts his pictures on on Instagram every now and then, and then he likes to to brag to me about it. So, fuck him. Wait, so is your brother? He's not like her specific photographer. No, no, I'm saying, has he ever met Dante? Uh, no, I don't think he ever has. But you know Dante. Yeah, I've never, I've never actually met Dante. I just, we just like interact online. Yeah, you just Swifty. Yeah. Oh, I see him tweet about it. Yeah, Yeah. you got to introduce him. He'll be like. I'll fly anywhere the next time you're yeah. coming. Actually, he's, no, my he's brother's so in, big now, he probably can just call her up. Yeah, my brother's in Chicago all the time for stuff. Um, but, yeah, he that's what he does is he just does photography for events and sports and all that kind of stuff. Like, his Instagram is just fucking artist, artist, artist. I will just say like this. Crazy pictures. little side tip for, for the ladies out there. If you want to get into a lot of cool events, date a photographer. Ladies yeah. or men, because there's a lot of female photographers yeah. out there too, or whatever wants to date, whatever. However, it goes these days. Yeah. But photographers will get to go to a lot of cool events. They're respected by almost all security, all management, all artists as like an artist. So yeah. like they get they get. He's respect. getting press like, passes. It's a, yeah. It's and they're and the ones that I know have never really like overdone it. They'll yeah. take like one person with them, or like they'll even have the person help. Like you got to carry lenses. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and you got to run with me. Like this is going to be fun, but at the same time, like we're going to have an experience. Yeah, I'm pretty. Working to see. any kind of production event once in your life, anything, even if it's security, I think really would give a lot of people context of like what goes on behind a concert. Yeah, and give you like a a newfound respect for There's an entire how city much shit behind the smallest stage. It's insane. Like if you look at a, a soundboard <laughs> yeah. during a concert, you'll just be like, "What the fuck is this spaceship right here?" Yeah, yeah. And then I, I mean, if you're talking visuals and lighting and all that kind of stuff, like, which it's wild, we, like, w- plays right into our world, like. Yeah, in a, in a, it's in not a club. Just the DJ. Yeah. You have a lighting guy. Mm-hmm. You have the visuals guy now, too. Yep. So, like, you could be having a great set, and the lighting guy could be just shit. Mm-hmm. And people just. It don't does kind of kill that vibe. Yeah. Because that's how extravagant these nightclub lighting rigs yeah. are gotten now. You can't just have somebody pushing buttons or just moving lights on anymore like yeah people are seeing this stuff online they're expecting presentations you know if if they see here here that you spent you know 10 million dollars on a build out they're expecting to see something that is like an led wall or lights that are actually LED wall can't ran just by yeah your logo like yep. bouncing around in the dvd yeah football or what is yeah. it the corner game yeah <laughs> but then and then you add in like cryo guns and confetti and all that kind of shit and it's like every time you see that confetti blast or that cryo gun go off it's it's an instant energy boost for the crowd too um where that kind of shit can can make a night too so yeah there's been uh sometimes where like lighting has been off or like a like a place just doesn't have like a lighting person for the night and you can just feel it's completely different. 
I've had gigs where the lighting person only likes a certain style of music. Okay. And I'm a, I'm a true open format. So I'm going to yeah. be playing like you're going to hear some like EDM, you're going to hear some house, you're going to hear some hip hop, you're going to hear some trap, you're going to hear, you know, and you'll hear some country in Nashville too. Like I'll find a mix, remix of a country or something like that. But when they don't like a certain genre of of music, yeah. And that's the genre that's like needed the most for the night. It, it's it's hilarious to like it's a fight. Like it's I'm almost playing, like they like don't want to light up. They, like yeah, it's yeah. just like that's like <coughs> I've been to many hip hop concerts. Mm-hmm. They have some of the dopest lighting ever. Biggest drops, strobes, explosions, and fire. Like, yeah, talking to some people that that, and I'm like, what do you mean? There's like, what do you mean hip hop doesn't need strobe lights and like drops and stuff? I'm like. I, I, it was such a foreign idea to me that it felt like they were speaking a foreign language. Yeah. Like I didn't understand the concept of every single word in that sentence. And I was like, the only, I'm trying to figure out how can this person think this while I'm trying to, because it was such an odd thing to be whispered like in my ear while I'm yeah. doing. <laughs> and I'm like, what? How? Like you absolutely do need it. I can't even address that yeah. right now. You absolutely need it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, just going to like a, a concert at Bridgestone and they just like set it and forget it? Yeah. And they just like <laughs> just like either just had like one spotlight or just like just a dimly lit just room. One spotlight in the front and Morgan Wallen keeps running out. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> and that was it. Like there's no other lighting or, or Dude, he anything. He had that acoustic show and it wasn't yeah. uh, and it looked great. Like yeah. the lighting guys that did, you can do a lot with minimal stuff. Yeah. I had to be the lighting guy for our company for a very long time. We so had a couple spots in Milwaukee where it's like you had to DJ and and work the lights yourself. Yeah. Oh, I was I had to yeah. install them and program them yeah. and all that stuff. Like so I got really and I had to do arena, like so like all that stuff I had to learn it. Yeah. Um be, because it, like it was either you don't have a job or you learn it. Like, Fair enough. And yeah. I wasn't gonna let the guys I mean, I respected all the guys I played with. Like, I wasn't gonna let them have a shitty lighting rig yeah like why and the guys that i that i worked for like i'm gonna do my best to get you the best for the least amount of money because i want to play here and i want my friends to play here and i want the best djs in the the city to play here like and i want people to have a good experience yeah and it's getting bigger i mean the majority of spots here downtown i mean you look at like whiskey row has that big led wall um I mean, DLS will have, yeah, like where else has LED DLS walls? is a fun spot to talk about. Yeah, too. yeah, they, I love that place. We've that, talked that about it on like every episode too here. Yeah. Um, because it's the only like nightclub. True nightclub only. Yeah. Right, because Whiskey Second Level turns into a true nightclub. Oh, yeah, 100%. But during the day, it's a honky-tonk. Like it's yeah. play, they're playing music and it's band and stuff like that. So it this is like... VIP bottle mm-hmm. service, like walk in whiskey does all that too. But this is like, nobody's in the building Yeah, when you walk in. Yeah. There wasn't a band there. It's like crystal clean. You walk in, um, it's the, they got the speakeasy thing. So you walk through the, I think it's an all saints store. Yeah. Um, they don't make stuff for fat boys. So I don't buy that shit. <laughs> but yeah, that's like, it's like the little bookshelf or whatever that you walk through. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a store during the day. They sell yeah. all saints, but they, at some point, they locked all the clothes away. I yeah. think they might have been getting stolen. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, if you're just letting everyone walk in and out of there, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. But it's a dope spot. But, yeah, that's where the majority of, of the nightlife here will have something as far as lighting, LED, anything like that. So Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you need they, it. And uh, Actually, Jason Aldean's just... Like, oh, yeah, they have a giant... They just they, on both, their, both floors, too. They have the, yeah. the rooftop floor has a giant LED wall and the... That but second they just floor were the bands. When we were there on that Monday to see the um, oh. DJ Silver and uh, was it Trey London yeah. tequila yeah. thing, um, that was an all new lighting rig. Not, okay. I don't know how all of it was new, but a lot of it was new. Yeah. Uh, me and Darren were, were making comments on that too, like how how it really turned that room. Yeah. Up a notch. Yeah. Not that it would needed it because it was a great room in the first place, but like it turned that room up a notch. Yeah. Huh. I didn't even know that that was new because I didn't. Yeah. Didn't notice from from the other times I've been there, but but yeah, it's I mean there's there's a lot all around here, and then obviously you look at any like the bigger Vegas, Miami clubs like that, or like even like I think of Prism in Chicago has like a fucking hundred foot LED wall behind. I it. it's like, love Prism stage. It's insane. I love the fact that Chicago respects the DJs so much that they. They built a giant stage. Mm-hmm. Like you could have like thirty people back there. Oh yeah, and it still not be standing room only. I yeah. mean, it, 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 I mean, it would be crowded, but it wouldn't be like overly yeah. crowded. Like the DJ would still be able to work. His yeah. friends would be back there, and that like the company that runs it. Like when I've been there, when they first opened, like I would go. I played. I played there. Right. So it's not only for them. And they respected me at the same level that they respect, you know, Dylan Francis, Diplo, yep. like all those guys. Um, they just they it's a true city that love that really understands DJing. Like I don't know how it happened because I didn't grow up there and I didn't I didn't live there my whole life, but it's it's a genuine city that like understands nightlife culture and DJing. Well, like that spot in particular too, they do, they do like a Monday service industry night where then it's always like local Uh Chicago DJs um, that get to take over prism every Monday and get every, everybody out. Um, But then, yeah, it's like that, that spotlight on them instead of on the weekends where they're bringing in, they, they have huge artists Huge like every weekend, whether it's whether it's DJs or like hip hop artists yeah. too, they always bring in like big ass hip hop artists too. So you get you get kind of the best of both worlds when you're there. Um, here, you don't get like a lot of 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 artists uh, really like coming through and doing performances and stuff at any of the the clubs. Aside from like the country artists, like country artists will just randomly fucking pop up and start singing. Are you talking about for me? No, like in Nashville, like there's not really a lot of artists. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, performances and stuff that get booked. I at- think people don't realize that there's like, like there's like a couple parts of Nashville. Yeah. Right, and I'm still in the learning stages of what yeah. it is, but like I definitely am too. Th- like most of the like country stars aren't. They're not going on Broadway. No. If they do, it like they're gonna go jump on stage, maybe do a song with, with the lo- the band that's there, mm-hmm. and then bail out. Bounce out. Right, yep. bounce out. Yeah. But you will see them 
every once in a while in the bar just shooting the shit and it and it's it's kind of like crazy to see like somebody that that you see as like a big artist like like chase rice chase rice and, is, yeah and, that's he, how and you just he's just in the bar like yeah. and he'll talk to you and have a good time but most of those sightings are going to be like your type your type of thing those are going to be more in like the music row yep. red door area um you know people or like that, writer sessions, really like singer. Yeah. Know. If you're really into the music scene and you know, and you know, like yeah. you go, that's where you go to see see people. And and the funny thing is, is some of the most influential people that you meet out here are the songwriters. Yeah. And they're you never know who they are, and you just get introduced and you're like, oh, and he's like, oh yeah, he wrote, oh yeah, all of the last number one tens, <laughs> and you're like, oh. Very nice to meet you. You're a very talented person. <laughs> like I remember we were at Tin Roof and uh the dude that was there, the singer, um, was the guy that wrote Rock in a Hard Place by Bailey Zimmerman. And he ended up like giving the song to Bailey Zimmerman and then it was boom, number one song. Yeah. And he was just out singing at Tin Roof and yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Like it is the 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 biggest visual demonstration of most artists are just normal people. Yeah. Right. And I try to tell people that because I mean, I've had a pretty decent career with like being able to play with different people. Yeah. I mean, back when Nelly was huge, I opened for Nelly like in Eugene, Oregon. So like I, I, I was, I've been able to like finagle myself into some pretty cool situations. Yeah. And they're just, they're at that time. They were just all, he had the whole St. Lunatics with him. So yeah, like, they were just all regular people. Wanted to go get some good food. It's like when DJs hang out in another city. Like, you know, you're hitting up your other buddies. Yeah. Yep. They want to know, like, the good record spot or, like, the good hip hop spot or the good clothing store or, like, you know. And a lot of times they want to come out and they want to do the touristy things too. They're like, yeah. oh, ziplining? Let's go ziplining. Like, I want, like, they're not these unreachable people that you, that, that we kind of put them on pedestals as. They're, yeah. They're just, you know, John from the block, he just happens to sing 10 number one songs and have a lot more money than us. Like, yeah, because I feel like when, when you're talking like artists, but then like DJs, um, you kind of always get like that stigma of like, oh, he's a DJ. Um, oh, yeah, that's the, like, one of the notes I told you that was like, yeah, we are. We are made fun of like by everyone. By Every, you see like, memes where it's like, oh, dude, like, don't date a DJ. Like, don't yep. marry him. He's a DJ. Yep. Yeah. Like, and the funny thing is, is like, while I'm not rich as hell mm -hmm. and driving multiple cars and, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not walking around with a Rolex or anything like that. I'm paying for two houses. I have a house here and a half a house in Arizona. Mm -hmm. My daughter lives in that house. Um, we go back and, and fly back and stay in the house with her. We have a house here. We're trying to build the career here. Like, you're not you're not hurting. I'm not hurting yeah. for money. Yeah. Um but I've also put myself in that position. I have worked yep. to get to that position. Yeah. And not just the drinking and partying and stuff like that. And I know that there have been comments made before, but just we've always been looked at as like the joke. Right? So some guys are hesitant to say it. I'm not. Most guys aren't. But to see that kind of like that, like sh they shut off when you talk to when they like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a DJ. And they're like, 
out to the, and it's not oh. even just girls. It's just people yeah. that you're talking to. And then they, they're like, oh, like everything you have to say now is invalid. Yep. Which is funny because what I find in society with my friends that are DJs and aren't DJs, my DJ friends are some of the most well-informed, smart people that I know. Like they're the most intelligent people that I know. Because not only are we all nerd tech nerds, because we have to learn how to, how to use half the stuff we have to use now. Yeah. It's not just picking up a record and putting it down anymore. Like, you have to, we all know weird shit about laptops, weird shit about audio, all this stuff. Um, but then again, we have time to focus on ourselves. Like, I do a lot of inner thinking, a lot of self-reflection on what is the type of human being that I want to be and how do I help myself get there and those those are a lot of things that i have to look at myself and like i know a lot of guys do that a lot of the guys do self-reflection they do podcasts they do all these other things that where they're having intellectual conversations on a high level with other djs and people just look at us as like oh you're and it's like well we're smart enough to make money at the career that or the art form that we wanted mm-hmm so maybe you should rethink about asking your DJ friend about advice for anything because a lot of them are not the drinker party that you think that they are. They might be, but they might also be. Yeah. Being there are definitely <laughs> ones out there that are just. The well, you can be partiers. both. You can be both yeah. too. It's uh, uh, we're, we're, we're talented <laughs> like that. No, I so. mean, there's ones that are. The, oh yeah. They are just drinkers. Yeah. Like, there are, but they're typically flash in the pans. They're typically typically hit or day gone tomorrow. You yep. know, you see them for three or four years after yeah. they've burnt every bridge in the town and yep. drank their. You know, I don't know why I had an eight hundred dollar tab. You know, we we got some people like that uh, that that we know. We but definitely if you're long lasting in this industry, I I'd, I'd say for people out there, like give give yourself give a DJ a chance just to have a conversation with them. Yeah. Like a real genuine one. Yeah. Like not in the bar, like go to lunch with them, talk about some different things. Yeah, now while you're I yelling over more music. I stuff from you guys than I do from anybody else. Granted, I always check to make sure everybody's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that asshole, yeah. but. We'll fact check. We'll fact check. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, aside from from you as a DJ, um, that's something that we kind of touched on earlier, but uh, going into how much more than like DJing you, you kind of have to do nowadays um, where being a promoter is, is a thing that I feel like a lot of bookers and like owners and everybody expect um, where they don't, they don't want that. They don't, they don't want, want that a DJ. They don't want to DJ. Oh, I thought promoter. you were saying they don't want you to be a promoter. Yeah, most like, places yeah. don't want a DJ. They want a promoter. That's, yeah, that's you, the first thing that they want to know is how many people can he bring through the door? Yep. How many people can he bring through the door? Yeah. And, and, and what you're looking at is, they got to look at it at the same level of like what kind of analogy would I want to use there? Cause I want to make sure it's open to everyone and it makes sense, but it'd be like you, the chef, but I need you to, I want to know how many, how many people are going, you're the head chef. I'm gonna make you the head chef, but I want to know how many people are going to come to see just you. Mm-hmm. Not to see, not to see your, not servers, to see the restaurant. Not, not they, to see, I want to yeah. know how many people you're going to bring in. Yep. To to the bar to see you, not to eat your food, not to listen to your music. 
<laughs> to just to see you. No, and that's what's crazy and, is like it, it always comes back on the DJ too. Like if it's a slow night, it's like, oh, like Diesel, why didn't you bring in more people? It's not, it's not, oh, like, damn, we didn't put any promo up on Facebook, Instagram, any of our socials. Oh, the the bottle girls didn't book a single table. Oh, these bartenders didn't bring any friends in. We're it's always yeah. like we're it's, the first to go. Yeah. We're always the first to go. It's first always to blame, the first to go. Yep. Slow season. I mean, if I could tell you how many times I've lost a gig during slow season and yeah. then got it back when like halfway pink, through yeah. busy season, yep. they're like, oh fuck, we fucked we fucked up. Yeah. What's that? Uh hangover? Yeah. They're like, we fucked up. <sighs> Yeah, Brad, Bradley Cooper, you know. Yeah. No, I I agree a hundred percent. But it's it's kind of crazy. Um, just how much more you have to do aside from just DJing nowadays. I mean, I'm where, not saying don't do anything, right? No, like, you I'm should. I mean, you, you should. Have, you should be on your TikTok. You should be on. Yeah. And what 100%, I'm hundred percent, it helps your brand. Is that, is that because Facebook is doing so poorly, they've backed off on the algorithm for their reels. Oh, really? So like. The Facebook reels apparently are getting out to more people now than like any Instagram reels. You gotcha. know, it's, it's just a game they're always Their playing. They're always changing yeah. it. Yep. You know, once one gets popular, more popular than the other, then everybody else changes their rhythms yep. to try to get. You know, and like clearly, we've the last since COVID, TikTok's been running everything. Yeah, like it is. Like yeah, it, it is what it is. But you got to have you got to have all those. If you if you're a DJ, like I'm the worst at this, but I know it's something I need to do. Ha- like record a couple of your mixes, put them on on mm-hmm. SoundCloud. You know, report you know, record them and put them on Mixcloud or whatever source you want to use, but put content out there for them to take. Yeah, right. You know, I when I first moved here, I promised everybody I would give you them like I would check in every couple of days on TikTok, and I just didn't do it. And then I'm like sitting here a year later, going, "Wow, I don't wonder why I don't have any as many TikTok followers as I should." And, and it's because yeah. I didn't fucking put the work in. Yeah, or just putting content out. But, uh, yeah, but some the, of that time we're getting to the point where like bookers, and I'm talking yeah. to like. My, there's only a couple of guys in the in the country that did the same thing I did, which was run a bunch of nightclubs that we flew in artists to. Like we weren't just booking local guys; we were flying in guys. So you meet those guys that are kind of booking the same guys in you know Ohio and then Chicago and New York, the small places and the big places, right? And what they're saying now, because they're still in that industry, um, is that there's like this. I feel like there's this movement of owners only wanting to know how like wh- how many followers, wh- how many views their last TikTok got, yeah, or how many like followers they have on TikTok, and it's like, okay, but don't like, do you want this to be just a TikTok appearance? Is that what you're looking for, or are you looking for a DJ? Well, no, I'm looking for a DJ. Okay, well then, like, there's only a, these men, these DJs, and they're gonna cost you a lot of money. That are gonna bring and like no no we would need to find somebody that's a DJ that's and it's like hold on you want me to make somebody up that fits your dream yeah like ideal thing it's not gonna happen but at the same time that's what they're leaning towards they want to see TikTok numbers in you the are, you, you know who like Sick Kick is yeah yeah so like that's who that's like one I think of where where it's like greatest concept ever execution wise i don't i don't believe that he's actually he doesn't no playing like, his mixes I've, I've got yeah he doesn't sources it. but greatest concept i don't think he's following through currently with with it enough there's only so many like mashups you can do before yeah. you have to like start getting to like the character is what it is 
it hasn't evolved from what it is in the beginning. So it's kind of just sitting there. That character needs to evolve into something new. Yeah. Um, I just look at it like as a consumer and I'm like, why the fuck would I want to go and see this? But then I also feel like I'm just thinking of it as like a DJ knowing that he's not actually DJing where then I'm just like, as a fucking venue owner, I'm like, why the fuck would I be paying you 10 grand to come do this shit when you're not even DJing and probably are going to fuck up the night because the shit that you're playing isn't even going to be good on your pre-recorded mix. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just fucking weird. But that is something that gets looked at where it's like, cool, he's got all these followers. We can pay him 10 grand and charge X amount for tickets or cover and make it back. Um, so it's, it's huge to know like all that that different side of of your branding um and what you can bring to the table um to to talk about when you are negotiating rates and things like that where it's like cool I got a million followers on TikTok like pay I me will more. say this if you're about to negotiate with somebody mm-hmm. it's, it it will be the best thing that you could do for yourself to literally have the conversation out loud with yourself yeah. Don't, you don't have to answer for them. Just, this is what I want. I want to see this. I want to see that. I want to see this. And even if you want to be aggressive at it, it kind of gives yourself a little bit of content. I want to see, you don't have to do it in the conversation. But having that conversation, even if you have like a spouse, like I have my wife, and I'll just tell her, hey, I'm going to say this. This is like, I'm going to, but I want you to oppose everything to the most mm-hmm. annoying point. Right. So I, my mind starts thinking in ways like, it, she may not ask the same question he's going to ask. But she might have asked something that triggered me to think about that. Yeah. Answer to that question. So, I mean, I sent you notes for this podcast. Like, there were certain things that I wanted to discuss. I went over everyone. This is what I want to say. This is not what I want to say. This is what I want to say. This is not what I want to say. Just so that I would be able to articulate. When it actually comes up. What I'm actually trying to say. Yeah. You know, and that's what you want. And I mean, you want, you know, even though. A lot of people look at compromise like as somebody else, you know, one one party, one or the other. That's kind of how it is. But compromise feels good in business. People like to know you're getting something and, I, and I'm getting something. Mm-hmm. Most business people don't want to get over on you. Most of them don't want to be like, I'm taking everything from you. Like, no, you're never you're like they're going to enjoy that back and forth. So you'll, yeah. you'll understand like when you when you do that stuff, like how it feels. Yeah, and for you, like, your your branding, I mean, we've talked about it before where you have your brand, uh, where even sitting here right now, I mean, you're you're always, it's like you know that brand of, of oh, that's Diesel, because you're, you're always wearing the glasses. Yeah. You typically always have, like, a hat on. We're like, Maddie, I... Uh, when I forget when it was, like the other week when we went out, and it's like you like took your glasses off in the middle of the night, and she's like, "I've never seen you without glasses." Yeah, she's like, "I don't even think I've actually ever like seen your eyes." Like, and for me, it's like there's there's so many artists that do that now, where they have that specific look, where they'll wear they'll wear like a hat or they'll wear a certain style of glasses or some kind of outfit, and it's like that just becomes part of the brand, where. For you, it, I mean, is that something that you've like planned, or is it just like it just came about over just, time? It came from my very first tattoo artist. His name's Mike Volokakis. 
I think he still lives in Portland. Yeah. He's an amazing guitar player and amazing tattoo artist. Met him when I was like 20 years old. And we met in, in Eugene, Oregon. And he was tattooing me. And there was some weird music playing. He's like, how do you how do you like the music? He it wasn't his music. Yeah. He was just like, how's how's like how's the music? And I was like, eh, it's all right. I, I don't really know who this band is, but it's cool. And he's like, well, what do you want to listen to? And I was like, it's fine, dude. Just leave this on. And he's like, no, what do you want to listen to? And I was like, well, you're gonna make fun of me, but whatever. Blink One Eighty Two, from San Diego. Blink One Eighty Two was a very important band in my life. It was my first ever concert. It was my first ever concert. Yeah. But it was back when they were like playing like smaller places. Yeah. Cause I was in San Diego and my, my buddy who basically introduced me to like everything culture wise that I've like love. Um, he took me to a concert and he was like, and I was like, Oh wait, this is amazing. Like, this is great. And it, well, at that time, like being half Mexican and living in San Diego, I was leaning towards my Cholo side. Okay. Like heavy. Yeah. Right. And I was probably going to wind up getting in trouble. Yeah. Um, the people that I hung around with are all, like, in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of them are locked up. Some of them have records, like, all that kind of stuff. So I just, like, I was like, oh, there's a, there's another option. You don't have to be. Because that was very, like, ingrained. Like, this is what you are. You have to do it. Not from my family, but from, like, the surrounding families that were, like, Latin. Yeah. Like, my Mexican families. And I was like, okay, but he showed it to me and I was like, blink 182. And he just told me, he was like, yeah, I'll put blink 182 on. He's like, what? He's like, dude, be you. Like, just like what you like. Yeah. Don't give a shit what anybody else likes. And that's where that whole brand came from was, was like, for the longest time I had a Mohawk, a shaved Mohawk, not a faux Hawk, a full on, 10 inch shaved like mohawk like yeah and it went down into a tail and i would wear it like whatever i liked if it was skate clothes or what whatever i liked it was just because i was like this is i'm gonna be me right i'm not gonna let anybody else tell me what to do like so i that's where it kind of came from it was like i have always loved silver jewelry so like i bought some silver jewel like i these are they're all kind of a little bit special to me. Like my wife bought this one for me. Austin Burke bought this one for me. Um, my daughter bought this one for me. And this was the first one my parents bought me. Mm-hmm. So they're all kind of sentimental. My daughter gave me this little necklace here. It's probably not even showing Maybe right you now. You can see uh, under the beard. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, to deal with anxiety. It's a bloodstone, right? Yeah. So like there are things that mean stuff to me, um, but they just happen to like look a certain, they kind yeah. of fall into like into what I like. Yeah. I like certain things and that's what it is. Yeah. Like, you know, this is, I'm sure that people are probably wondering what it says on my hat. It just stands for, for those who sin. A great brand that I've loved since the day they've started. Always been a fan of theirs. Um, I can't even really describe it. Like biker streetwear. It's just great stuff. Mm-hmm. They had Terry Urban as one of their artists early on. And he's, a, I'm a huge fan of him from art. And I can thank my art love from fashion because fashion yeah. like was showing me. Stuff about art. I'll never know as much as about art as, as fashion will. But I know what I like. And that's kind of he Like, all the people that I've looked at as mentors in my life, same theme. Be you. Yeah. Do what you like. Just be you. Um, So that's kind of where the brand came from. Like, 
the beard has always been here. Uh, yeah. The beard is fucking iconic. Yeah, we we love the, we love the beard. Yeah. It's and it's and it's all so it's all practical people. Okay, the glasses are it just they don't get dark. They just dim things down. You can still see my eyes. You can still see everything. Like it's not. You can still play in the nightclub with. It's them. still just yeah. I'm in the nightclub, but it's not as intense. Maybe yeah. it's because I'm getting old. Whatever. The beard is just hiding my double chin, guys. That's it. <laughs> It's called, it it's called strategy. It's called strategy. It's just hiding my double chin. Yeah. That, and that leads to like drinking too much in, in the nightlife. Yeah. Like, you, like, just like Darren said, like he had, you know, he had a heart attack when he came here. Um, like, and I don't know what induced that. He hasn't, hasn't said that, but he definitely has said that the partying didn't help. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely and, something that was like, it's, from over time, like him always being in the nightlife industry, constantly drinking, um, not necessarily being the most healthy person, uh, because you're 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 coming home at three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, you're eating shit food. Because nothing healthy's open at correct. Yeah. And and it a lot of us would love to eat healthier. Oh yeah. Like but, if, if I could get a nice like yeah. Chicken salad at at three in the morning. Yeah. Maybe I would do well, if it. You're finding a chicken salad at three in the morning, it's it's probably, probably not good. At yeah, three p.m. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be the best of the best salad you've yeah. ever had. But also, when I'm drunk, do I want a salad? Fuck no. Give me a fucking pizza, a hundred percent of the time, and then that's what leads to just poor poor health. So yeah, I mean we we do have poor health like. For for those reasons, but also the mental health side of it is a little different too. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing that is happens to most DJs most of the time. I wish I could find the fucking study. I can't remember because I've read it like ten years ago. Somebody did some kind of study, and I I don't know exactly all the details, but it basically boiled down to they were they were basically saying. In comparison, it's like a DJ DJing for four hours is kind of like a, a student taking the SATs. Oh, you're making a critical this, yeah. decision every two or three yeah. minutes that could affect your job, right? Your livelihood, right? So most of the people when they're taking the SATs, they're thinking my whole life is depending on these yeah. SATs. If you're a kid that took the SATs, that's kind of how you were thinking. Yeah. If you're a kid that didn't take them, you didn't care. <laughs> Or you just have, you know, I'm sure there's some exceptions. Yeah. But, and when I started thinking about that, I'm like, and then there's, you know, there's years that I'll go where I'm not drinking at all and I'll get home and I am just emotionally tired. I didn't do anything. I stood there for four hours. Yeah. Like I'm not dancing. I'm like, I'm, I'm not talking to people, but it's because you're making those decisions. Your brain is still working. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. You don't, and you don't have a break. There is maybe you can run to the bathroom if you play a yeah. long song. Yeah. But for four hours, you pretty much don't have a break. And so, like that that side of it is you're 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 always making a critical decision. And then you pile on top of that. Security has a a a, a comment on on how your DJ set went. Bartenders have a comment on how your DJ set went. Servers have a comment on DJ how your DJ set went. Yeah. Granted, these are all people you have to work for and all that stuff, and we're all pretty good at like keeping them happy and, and, and stuff like that and trying to make them feel. 
But at the end of the day, we're not really there to make the bartender servers and security happy. We're there to help them with their job so that they can all make money. Um, so you have to walk that line. And when they critique something, did they critique it on them having a bad night or making shitty tips? Mm -hmm. And then they're like, it's the fucking DJ. He did this. Or was it actually a valid criticism? Or is it a valid criticism? Yeah. And what is their, what is their experience? Yeah. Oh, well, I've been a bartender at the frosty, like margarita bar for five years. And now I'm here at this nightclub. Yeah. And of course I know what a nightclub should be playing. It's like, well, no, you've been to a nightclub. You haven't worked in a nightclub. Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like, what is, what is the background of all that? So you're consistently analyzing all of this criticism being shoved into you on top of being a sensitive person because you're an artist. And that's why you're an artist is because you're sensitive to things that some people aren't sensitive to. And that is a, is a really hard thing for a lot of guys to get through. Like a lot of guys will get to a certain age and be like, and all those like whispers of like, you're just a DJ. You're just, you know, they, they start to break them down. And then the next thing you know, they're selling insurance or, you know, they're doing something else. And they always wind up coming back every once in a while. to like a gig. Yeah. I see that a lot. Like five years later, like, oh, they pop up somewhere doing maybe not the coolest gig in the world, but a gig. Yeah. And you don't have to be the coolest. Like, if you're a guy that plays on the corner bar for 500 bucks a night on Friday and Saturday. It fucking works, man. That's $4,000 a month. Yep. That is very good money. It's not the greatest money in the world, but it's good money. Mm -hmm. And you're working two days a week, eight hours a week. Mm -hmm. Like, you have time to grow yourself and 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 turn yourself into what you want to be. But it's also, it's not bad for retirement. Yeah. Like I know spots. If you want to know spots, I, you can hit me up in the DMS. and I'll, I'll send you spots that are in small ass towns that would like pay that kind of money. A lot of these, these owners are willing to pay for good talent. Yeah. Like if you're good, they're like, okay, I can justify him being $500 a night. Cool. But St. Thomas for sure. St. Thomas. That's the main goal. Yeah. Is to, to raise enough money to buy my own bar and, and put it in St. Thomas. Because that island is. And then is just amazing. be able to chill there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't it's be a very mad underrated it. spot that yeah. people don't. It's, I mean, I think it's underrated for most of us, but it's St. Thomas has Megan's Bay. Yeah. And Megan's Bay is where like John Travolta and Oprah have their beach houses. Right. That's where we can. And then you end up doing film. private events for Oprah <laughs> and you make even more money. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> But it's just one of those like, what are you gonna? You, you you should really think like about this as a career. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that there's people that look at it. There are certain people that do. There's definitely a good way. amount of DJs that do, they're just in it for the now and like the clout and and all that kind of stuff where they're not looking bigger picture of like, damn, how can I progress at this? Um, where that's something that we uh, for the episode that just dropped today with chaos that's something that we we talked about and it's something that we've obviously just talked about now with being a promoter and and building your brand and having to be more than a dj is something that is out yeah like joe maz did you know that joe maz produced rihanna's whole show for that is the super bowl that is not true yeah not true you didn't know he produced the whole show not for, true for rihanna and the super bowl no 
He made uh, Edison remixes for it, but that's not true. <laughs> Chaos, you're going to get some shit for that one. Yeah. I expect every person on this episode to make that same <laughs> comment from now on. Yeah. He he will definitely get some shit for it when he when it comes out. So. Dude, he's a hockey guy. He can he can take it. Yeah, oh yeah, he's, for sure. He's yeah. able to to take a ribbing. But yeah, that's where I mean you have to think of how you're going to progress in your career. I mean, cuz if you were just working any other job, you're not just going to be content with I mean I would I would hope not at least content with just like being in a stagnant position and being like oh cool I'm I'm this like I'm gonna be fine with with being this for the next 10 years like no you want to progress so you have to look at, at what you need to do to progress whether it is building that brand whether it is getting into production making edits making remixes stuff like that um going into something on on a different side of music of of management or a and r or anything like that there's so many different realms of the music industry that you can get into um that it, i mean it's literally kind of endless yeah, yeah there's just so much out there like that you could that you could make this career into yeah i mean a lot of guys have turned into a po- successful podcasts a lot of guys have turned them into successful clothing lines. Yep. Um, Excel, I think, is probably one of my favorite designers that I never knew, like clothing designers that I never knew that I would be in love with, like his design so much. Um, and he's just a creative person. He's also one of those type of people that's always been like, you know, you know, do you. Like, yeah. Be you. And that, it shows in his like, his clothing line and stuff like that. But, you know, his he's the one who inspired me to start. Like, during COVID, I had a small clothing line, which was Black Hearts Club. You know, and he was like, try it. He's like, at least figure out how it works online, right? If it's a if it's a clothing line that you just shut down and then start again somewhere else with a different brand, okay. But at least you've worked all the... Like the know, kinks out? How does, you know, drop shipping work? And yep. how does... You know, who do I have to do this? And I got to link this to that place and advertise through here and pay this bill. And, you know, just like running those clothing lines, if people run them, they're not, it's not just drawing something or putting something on a t shirt and going here. Like, there's a lot of logistics behind it. So yeah. That's, that's like it, during COVID, I was like, oh, I just want to see if I could make some money. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Black Hearts Club. Well, I mean, Black Hearts Club is just kind of like, I've been a huge fan of just like emo music my entire yeah. life. And there's so much about emo music that's like healing and also like good, but sounds bad at the same time. Um, so I was just like, sometimes I would take lyrics from bands and put them on shirts. Sometimes I would just come up with different things. Like I have a couple of the ones here. Like one of them is like, a lot of people don't know this. Do you know where the, the actual saying of blood is thicker than water came from? No. The actual saying is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. And what it's actually saying is it kind of boils down to is the people that you choose as your family are going to always be closer to you than the people that actually like for you. What it really boils down to when it was said was, was the church is more important than the family. Yeah. Right. Which we know that's kind of a, 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 a dictatorship kind of thing. Uh, but the way that it, the, the real statement was the people that you choose 
are more important, you know, than the people that you, the family that you were born into. Mm -hmm. And so that to me was like, a lot of people don't know this. People don't understand that. And that means like, and then I, we would just add something like, um, you know, like live forever or something like that, or like best friends forever. What, you know, I, I, I think I put it something in Spanish on there. Um, but it was just one of those, you know, family forever is what I think I said, like family forever. Um, because there's just so much out there that that could be positive too, yeah. You know, and then and, and there was other there's other ones that are just like very eye opening onto how hurt somebody could be, you know. And I think and um I think one of the lyrics was uh I hope the I hope the next boy you kiss has something terribly contagious on his lips. You hurt that motherfucker. Yeah, that's a guy that wrote that lyric. Yeah, that's a guy that said that. You hurt him like granted it's a shitty thing to say um but if he's if you if he's being honest with himself like something got hurt yeah and that's not like a thing that's common for anyone to really acknowledge right now is that like it's not okay for men to like get hurt like to have feelings to feel sad to feel alone i think all of us kind of transplants grow together you know because we all miss like having our mom around the corner or having our you know our best friend around the corner mm -hmm. you move and it's like like you probably know this with your girl like it's just you two here yeah like that's your support system yep and sometimes it can be too much of each other i'm not saying you said that i can say that about me and my wife <laughs> But it doesn't mean I love her any less and don't want to be with her. Yeah. It's just, you know, those are types of things that people get kind of pass over. You know, I did want to talk about, like, how we're not, like, I don't feel like we're respected as human beings when we're DJing. Yeah. Like. Oh, just getting phones shoved in your face. and That just, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, what other, what and look, I get it if you're at Dylan Francis' show and you're you can't reach him and you can't go up and talk to him, but you're showing. See, but I don't face. get it at that because you're there to see a fucking artist. Like those, I get even less. Well, I get Dylan's stuff was more like, "Will you have my baby?" Yeah, like, like I get that, that. that. Um, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense. On that. Like I, requesting right. requesting songs at an actual artist show will never fucking make sense to me. <laughs> like you're literally there to see that artist. Yeah, and more than likely like they're gonna play their songs because it's fucking them show, yeah yeah it's like you're not going to a drake concert and requesting a fucking drake song like just no, let him play his fucking set <laughs> yeah exactly yeah there there you're asking to have your babies yeah, yeah. um yeah it, it's just the phone thing like for me i agree with you 100 percent. it's like where else in society is that acceptable for me to not say a word? Now I get it that you guys think it's loud and we can't hear you, but guess what? Yeah, most of us have control over the monitor booth, so mm -hmm. we can turn it down. So we can talk to you. I have no problem with any request. I'll try to fill any request because I feel like it is a challenge to me to fight, see if I can make it work. Um, if you're being nice to me, yeah. If you address me in a manner, see, but like nice or, met you. or fake nice, because I almost don't even care. Okay, like fake. Give me an example of fake nice. Because you know get the people is. that are like, "Hey, um, it's my friend's birthday," like, and they come up with 
or they'll be like, hey, like you're doing a great job, but like, and you know that they're just, they're literally just coming up to you just to request a song. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because at least they know in their mind that an interaction between two human beings should start off with friendly. Some sort of conversation. It shouldn't yeah. just be aggression right yep. away. My problem is, and I, here's the thing. I've been thinking about it a lot. I almost don't even, like, personally, don't even care about the phones if they would just add the word please. Yeah. Because it feels like they're, like they're just going, do this. And you're like, mm. if we're just going to do this and you hold up your phone for a song, put a jukebox in here. Yeah. Like, why am I here if you're just going to... There's no communication. Yeah. I, I feel like if they come up and they're, like, polite about it and I go, yeah, like... We'll figure it out. But it's typically, and I'm not going to say it's girls only because guys do this too. It's just this barging to the front of the DJ booth and demanding something be played yeah. because you don't like what's being played now. Um, For the two minutes that it's going to play. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm trying not to go down that same road of like, oh, your request was, you said it was the greatest and I played it and you looked... I looked at you and you're the only one dancing. Like yeah. that's all happened before. We all kind of know that. DJs yep. know that shit. I'm talking about that that we should really like it just plays up to the fact that we aren't really seen as human beings. Yeah. We are the joke of like the entertainment world, essentially. Right. Um and when we're being like when we're DJs, like it's not like how many times of like, oh, I can't play that, I'm sorry. Like there's stuff you can't play in a certain venue. Yeah. Like, certain pieces are just like where it just doesn't fit the night. Yeah, like I don't want to hear one house song tonight. Period. Yep. Like we're not a house club. That's yeah. it. You're like, cool. You can't do it. And somebody comes and asks for it. You're like I can't. Like, and then it's this long negotiation of like I can't. Like really, they kind of told me not to. Well, they're not going to care. It's just five minutes. And it's like, well, no, I can get fired. Well, that's it. Doesn't matter. Well, I'll give you fifty bucks. And it's like, oh, your fifty bucks is going to pay. Like this is a five hundred to a thousand dollar gig for me, and your fifty bucks isn't going to keep me afloat or for the next for the next gigs yeah that seven you're months when i'm supposed to be playing this gig when i get yep. fired yeah like it, it's this you're not a human being the consequences don't mean anything to you because they don't mean anything to me mm -hmm. so it's this it's my personal opinion is it started it's a mentality that the younger you that the younger patrons have yeah um but it, it it's not their fault it's the fault of this right here, the iPhone, the iPad, the Mac generation. Everything is about me. The TikTok, Instagram, everything is focused on you. All of your entertainment is focused directly to what you want. Mm -hmm. Even when you go to a concert, your all your entertainment is focused directly to what you want because you chose that concert. Yeah. When you're at a nightclub, it's not only about you. It's about yeah, everybody in the hundreds building. and hundreds of other people. And that's, and that's like a hard concept for people to understand. Yeah, and there's alcohol -to -day, involved too. So then it's like once people are drunk, they're not you even act more like yourself when you're drunk anyway. Yeah, all all your mind is being programmed all day. It's about me. The world is about me. The world yep. is about me. Yeah, it's it's wild out there. Like some some videos and things that you see of of people just like shoving Samu their girl's my favorite. I want to teach Oh Samu my Google. god, I love that girl. I would love to meet her because she wasn't I'd Take for Sambuka. She wasn't being rude. She was just no. drunk. That, she was trying to tip and everything. Yeah, like, that was like, yeah, like she was trying to pay? Yeah. 
and that's why like that like that's a funny video to see that like, video is hilarious she might be embarrassed about it i hope she i hope you're honey i hope you're not yeah. embarrassed about it every person's been that drunk and done something stupid like oh that. yeah god only knows how many men have peed in their closets okay like being that drunk it's happened to a lot of them um but it's it's funny because it's like she she wasn't being mean so we can like we can laugh and enjoy it and go she was just drunk she just didn't know where she was and we've all been there that's kind of what we're all laughing at where some of that stuff gets oh i mean i've done some pretty terrible things in my past i mean there's definitely been a night a, 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 a time you know a lot of the venues in arizona half the venues open with garage doors and dude walked up to me and literally the phone he had it written on his phone and it and he handed me his phone i thought he was requesting a song packed night college wednesday night at yeah at asu packed and this is like in its prime this guy was from out of town not part of the college kids walked up handed me his phone i looked at it and it said hey you fat piece of shit you're not carnage play better music i just took his phone and threw it out the window in the middle of the street Probably 200 feet, but fucking yeah. Went back to DJing and he lost his shit. And I was like, I would too. What yeah. what caused you to think yeah. that, that that's any okay? Any human being that would be able to, that's the first interaction you have with them. Yeah. What caused you to think that that would be okay without any repercussions? Yeah. Right. And I'm not here to be his dad or be any repercussions. I lost my shit in that moment, but I wouldn't have lost my shit if he did not run that, me- that, phone up there and i shouldn't have lost my shit but it's like that's but a kind of, that kind of thing the where, consequence of your action yeah. you don't know what's going to happen on now granted i didn't react in the best way but it's still a consequence of your actions but you also <laughs> could have reacted in a lot worse way by like yeah punching him in the fucking face or something like yeah. that too um and in that it, but it, it's just because it's that's that people don't realize that that's the kind of abuse i mean i had a girl yeah. the other day that was gosh she was I I only can think that she was going through something that day. Yeah. Because, you know, we know right now, like, Fred Again's having a moment. Mm-hmm. Like, a huge moment. So I was playing some Fred Again records, um, some other, like, Deep House records and stuff like that. And it was on the roof at Whiskey Row. It's not a big spot. We had about 20 people just around me. Just, like, it was raining outside, so the outside was closed. So 20 yeah. people... Was kind of packing that place. Right? Oh, yeah. Because inside, the inside that of, rooftop, of the rooftop yeah, is for small. sure. And so we're all just kind of ah, doing our thing, having people are requesting songs. John Summit, okay, I'll play that. Because it was just a vibe, right? There was nobody, like, we were, everybody there was vibing. Yeah. Well, she came up, and granted, she didn't know that I played hip hop right before I went into that set. She comes in and starts pushing people out of the way, right? They're all facing the DJ booth, and we're just like, I'm looking at phones and we're just, we're just, it's one of those moments you have where you, it's a group together. Yeah. Kind of feels like a tiny boiler room. Like a boiler room. Yeah. Yeah. There's just people and they're having a great time and I'm letting them have a great time. And she just barrels through and pushes her with you. You need to play harder music right now. This is crap. I'm not going to say the artist that she wrote, you know, what she requested, but she wanted a certain specific, certain style of music that wasn't that. Yeah. And just, unloaded on me just unloaded and i turned the thing down and i said i'm sorry i will play that music in a little bit but i'm gonna finish up playing this right now because they're really enjoying it and she goes nobody enjoys this 
while everyone else is sitting there like dancing. And I say, well, I'm sorry that everybody else is having a good time and your time sucks. Turn the music back on. She walked away, went immediately downstairs and told security, the DJ on the roof is an asshole. And I'm like... Who do you think they're going to side with? Like, Oh, they always side with the customer. What? They always side with the customer. Really? A hundred percent. Damn, now, now, now yeah. where I'm from. Yeah. Um, most of the places that I've that I've worked will always side with the customer. Because really? they feel like the customer doesn't have a reason to lie. Yeah. Um, but what they don't understand is they're not analyzing like what the interaction that happened. Yeah. Their their response is it doesn't matter how poorly somebody treats you, you should never treat them back poorly. Yeah. And while that is I'll a I'll be a great fucking concept, dickhead to people. I'm not Gandhi. Yeah. And neither is anybody else that works there. Yep. If if anybody else that worked at that bar was spoken to some of the ways that the DJs get spoken oh, to. Oh yeah. The bartenders would be coming flying over the bars more often. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm not saying more often. They would be flying over the bars. They don't yeah. come flying over the bars now. Um it, it's just this this I don't know. Sometimes it feels demoralizing because I've had, you know, people say, just go back to your job and play your mute, play your little music. It's like, okay. I get it, but I don't understand why you needed to be so aggressive yeah. towards me. Yeah. Now I get the look is a little intimidating and maybe that I get a little bit more than other people. But at the same time, I really try to be super nice to everybody that, yeah. I, that I am. But I'm also not the guy that's going to lie to you. Like that's one of the biggest things I don't like is like Oh, I already played your song. Like do they come and request it and then like 10 minutes later they come back and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I played it." I'm like, "Yeah, that's not I wouldn't want to be dealt with that way, so I don't deal with it. I just mm-hmm. explain to them it's coming up, or it's just not going to work in the set. Yeah, like it's it's not going to work. And a lot of times when it's something like that, it's it'll be like a random track that's an album cut that only them and their friends know. Yeah, which I get. Like and like again, people have a hard time understanding that there's Nike more than just about, you. Sorry, Nike no, goes about everybody. Yeah, they're not just about you and your your. And five it's not their friends. fault. It's not yeah. that they're thinking wrong. They're being programmed that way. Yeah, through all of the technology that's everything that we're doing nowadays. It, it just makes it very easy to have everything at your fingertips whenever you want. So you can just be like, cool. I want to listen to this. But yeah. it's like, cool. If you want to hear that, that bad, you can listen to it on the, on the way home tonight. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> like patience is like, it, 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 it's something I feel like has, we need as a society, I think we need to focus on it. A lot yeah. more. Uh, really putting ourselves in the other person's shoe. And that's and I'm not saying that from like a political standpoint. I'm just saying that from a human being standpoint. Yeah. Like really trying to understand what the other person's interpretation of your uh, interaction with them is. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, you know, they talk about you know um uh re- what is it responding to a situation instead of reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Response is a thought out. Um, Versus like a rash yeah, reaction it's right away. A thought out, re- yeah. a thought out answer yeah. to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, like, like what I put in my notes right there. 
the word request in the Oxford and the definitions, yeah, is an act of asking polite and formally for something. Even in the Urban Dictionary, it's to ask for something. Yeah. It it doesn't say anywhere on there, throw your phone in someone's face. It doesn't say demand. You know what's crazy is I think <laughs> it would be so funny to do... Uh, I thought about this like years and years ago when like TikTok was first coming out. And then obviously like all the Bad Bunny stuff and people just constantly like, putting the phone in face. I think it would be so funny for like a DJ to do like a TikTok video of them just walking into like a normal like office space. And Why just not? like fucking slamming their phone in people's faces and be like, hey, print, print this out or like whatever, <laughs> like their, their like day to day task would be. Send me those TPS reports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me that spreadsheet now and just fucking like hold the phone in their face and just see how people would react to it. It'd be fucking hilarious. Or like, well, you'd probably wind up with the police called on you. For sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. you're if you in did like it without, an, like, if it was a skit and somebody yeah. did it, it'd be okay. But if you just walked into like a random office space and did it, uh, but it'd be it'd be and way funnier that jail, way to get it would be that would yeah. be the fucking clip of the of the century. Yeah, so maybe I'll have to do it. You know, this would be a good weekend to do it. Go walk into somewhere and fucking start start Just throwing my phone in. Green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, we'll have all this uh, uh kind of knocked out. Um, we'll get your top five songs um put out. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Typically, ask for. For each guest, but you don't need it. Need it right now. We'll put it out on, on the the YouTube. Well, I can just I can just be do shameless self promotion. It's all top. Ah, do your own edits. <laughs> See, that'd be a good one my, to do. I mean, what are very, your last five? What have you been doing? Oh, they're not. What what what, what what tracks? Um, own boss birthday bitch is a good one. I a lot of BJ's own boss is fucking dope. Um, so that's just you know a quick mashup of that. Yeah. Um, I think it bangs really hard. It's got a lot of lyrics in it, so it's really club friendly. And then the third drop is like the is the is the regular own boss. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then you're getting the least familiar lyrics over that. Yeah. That beat. And yeah. I mean, it's Nashville. There's a fucking birthday every every yep. half hour. Yeah. So every half hour, probably yeah. even more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's that. There's uh, Audion and Miley Cyrus uh, flowers, flowers edit that yeah. I really like. I did a lot of production on my, I'll call it an edit, but it's essentially a remix of Elenium's Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. um, Antihero. That one goes, I think, really, really well. Like, you can see, like, the kind of the trend is just putting edits together that are club friendly. Club friendly yeah. Because, yep. you know, there's, those are, that Antihero song was a great song, but yeah, it's a 95 BPM and it didn't really. I play that, I didn't. play the DeVille, uh, journey anti-hero a lot here and that fucking goes off too i gotta yeah. look at some of those too because like what i am noticing is like as i'm going back through my history it's like my sets are so heavily my edits mm -hmm. that it could be creating a a sound like a specific sound and you don't i that i don't want yeah right like i want it to be a little bit heavier, or like whatever, because I'm making club friendly edits, but I don't, I don't make as many heavy edits anymore. Okay, I used to make very, very heavy, aggressive edits, but now I'm just making so many club friendly edits that it's kind of you're like, going away from like the sound. Yeah, that you, and that's and people have yeah. mentioned like you, you when you first came here, like you had some fucking rippers. Yeah, and I was like, oh, right. so I went back and I did an unholy one and stuff like that. So like, there's some some heavier stuff coming out too, but so where are you typically just putting stuff out SoundCloud Bandcamp? SoundCloud Bandcamp, SoundCloud yeah. you can stream it. 
Um, as long as SoundCloud doesn't take it down, Bandcamp, yep. you pay the five bucks. It's a five dollars monthly subscription, and you can either stream or download the songs. Nice. They're all waves. I'm yeah. not putting out you know three twenties or anything like that. And, mm-hmm. Um, so my you know my kind of style came from I don't know if you know who Girl Talk is, but yeah, he kind of just did his own thing. You know, a lot of the stuff I've had to learn from like call Joe Maz and ask me, call Fashion and ask me, call, you know, whoever I can to, to help me with that stuff. I mean, I send stuff to Alex from the Chainsmoker all the time and he's like, thumbs up or like, oh, this, this should change or sounds like this or yeah. whatever. Um, it's just nice to have that kind of ear be able to reach out to you and just, you know, and be, and, and those are the guys that I look up to. So like, you know, whether you're a Joe Moss fan or not, um, fucking one hell of a producer. He has a sound. Yeah, he's a producer. He's created his own niche in the market. He, he, like a lot of people don't realize, like him. It's like Scotty Boy, Steve Smooth. Like these guys are consistently putting out remixes for a, a dance platform um, that we're not even hearing in the clubs. Yeah, like they're getting asked all the time. Like you could do that. Like that's another chorus. Like you could produce edits and remixes mm-hmm. for, for artists, for yeah. like mid-level artists. Yeah. They just want a remix. So they're going to send somebody 2,500 bucks to make a remix. And you yep. make a remix and maybe something that never gets played, but you're still making some money on or it. Or even so like, ghost producing shit too. I mean, it's, but yeah, even like the, like a ghost producing type thing is something that a lot of people are talented enough to do. So could even um, I mean, I'll be the asshole that says it online. Uh, I don't use it, but I know a lot of people that use ghostproducer.com. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a, okay. Yeah, you pay know. like, you can pay know anywhere that's from like $199 yeah. to like 1200 bucks. Yeah. on a song. It's already completely done. It's all the stems. It's all the, it's everything you need. Yeah. And you just buy it. You're buying, buying the rights to it. And then you can change it and make it however you want. Or you can just yeah. release it as it is. And um, be like, oh, I made this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're signing crazy. over their rights to you, and I, I, I thought everybody knew about it. I thought no. everybody knew about. I've it. I've never like looked into yeah. any stuff like that. I, you just like hear people. But I'll, like, I'll buy something every once in a while. Like, oh, this one's like a hundred dollar one, and I'll be like, okay, and I'll get it, and it's like some really good kicks and snares that I wanted. And then you just steal those to put and, into yeah, other stuff. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's a basically lot an of, expensive like, splice pack. Mine was yeah. always a lot of like filtering sounds out. Gotcha. Like, I was DIY acapellaing stuff when Audacity was the only way to do it. Yeah. And I don't know if you know people know how to do that yeah. one. But basically, you took the record with the words, and if you had the instrumental, you inverted the instrumental in a process. I don't know what really basically what it means. And then it would, because it was inverted, it would cancel out the frequency. Yeah. So when the only thing that would be left over would be the words. Oops, so you sorry. could end up getting like the just the so acapella. you get a, yeah. a pretty good acapella. Yeah. Now they have Serato stems and stemverter and all that kind of stuff. I that, just wish Serato would bring like just do the stems, but leave the fucking reverb on. Yeah. It Stem, sounds. You, I can tell if you're doing Serato stems or if you're doing a mashup yeah. that you you made. Yeah. Because or it's the or it's the, the actual studio acapella. acapella. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Serato Stems is so dry. Well, it's a great technology, and I think it has so much potential yeah. for art. Art, it could change DJing completely because I could see it just being everything is a remix, <laughs> everything yeah. is a live mashup now. Because some guys are doing that. Um, 
it, it, there's just some things like that that acapella sounds so dry to me when somebody's singing like and yeah it just stops like i'm like dude there's a little bit of reverb just so it doesn't sound so dry no but, stemverter is another one that from from seaflow um that i hear a lot of djs hype up and talk about it as as is that a able to plug in uh I don't know. I haven't looked like too much into it as far as like what it what it's compatible with and that kind of stuff. Um, so I have no idea. Yeah, I'm I'm spending time on tech stuff this week, just looking at like yeah. the new mixer that come out, like the Opus, the Opus, kind of stuff, yeah, the Atari, yeah, Opus Atari, yeah. It's got some cool stuff on it, but yeah, it just it's weird, like. The distance from the play button on one to the bottom of the machine is different than the distance from the play button on the other. The bottom oh, of the, the left side is different yeah, than the right? Yeah, because it's it's concave like that. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's curved like that. So this button's like Got closer you, to the you, edge, and this one's on, like more removed yep. from the edge. So which is weird. Like, Damn, I, mean, I feel I've never like you would get like it, so muscle memory. Like, Yeah, there's you, some cool stuff about it, and then there's some not cool stuff about it. Yeah. Like, you can take the microphone off if you're recording your mix. So you can still be okay, on the mic so in the you can club, record, but it would be sad. but it won't record or it won't record your mic. Yeah, um, that'd be nice. That's cool. And then the big screen turns into like some kind of filter. Yeah, like you can be like okay, weird shit with it. So that's cool. But I've been in the tech side this week, just kind of looking at all the new stuff. And and when I do that, I smoke a little bit of weed and I go, where could this go? Like yeah. that's what I like to do. How far can this go? And I got one of the biggest compliments I've ever had was when Loops first really came out. And I was, I didn't have a lot of records with intros. So I literally went through and programmed, like at the time you couldn't even really program, but I knew what songs I put them in a crate that needed to be looped manually. Yeah. So I'd go in and manually loop the intros and loop words to get out of and stuff like that. Just because I, I, it was a necessary thing for me. And I wound up opening for Vice one time and he leaned over and he goes, never seen anybody use loops like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, it was just because started I doing this. To, yeah. Not because I... Wanted to. And then I just started thinking, okay, well, every time they release something, I should look at it. And what's the most abstract way you could use it? Yeah. Um, to see if there's something that's there that yeah. can be used. So it's a good it's a good week. Yeah, there's uh, some some new stuff coming out. Yeah, the between that, that mixer, too, which I have no idea how the fuck Pioneer goes about their naming for things because what is this one called the ax fucking nine or some shit the a9 yeah yeah i'm like where where do these i don't know i don't know who does the naming for pioneer well i'm assuming the nine is probably relevant of the 900 the 900 yeah um i just a, don't know where like the naming come from they well, just, like, i feel like the they nexus just like stuff they just got rid of nexus and just wrote nx yeah so it was nx2 so like it was you know that's just kind of I, i'm wondering where that a a came from maybe it's yeah. ai Maybe. Um, I'd have to, we'd have to ask somebody. Sure, yeah. Watch, there's probably something in there that are like, oh yeah, this can DJ. I mean, it does have, th that's what's scary to me on that tech side is it's not out yet, but there's going to be something called like Stage Pass or something like that. Stage something, the app. Oh, where you can do the sound. The yeah. A9. Yeah. But he, it, if the sound guy's using it on the app, Mm -hmm. while you're mixing on channel one and you say you're blending this song and he doesn't like how it sounds, he, he can could turn, turn the down. bass off yep. yeah. on you. Like yeah. he can, he can control your uh, EQs. Yeah. You basically have full like audio engineering 
capability from the app is what it looks like for places in nashville which have so many live sound guys i think is is would be huge yeah is one of those situations where they know just enough to fuck it up yeah right yeah they know enough of what they're trying to accomplish you know enough of what you're trying to accomplish but you're not communicating yeah and then so all of a sudden they're gonna just gonna take the fucking lows out of your sound and just make the song sound so fucked up so but but yeah, we got to make sure we have everybody uh, follow you. Uh, Instagram, it's DJ Diesel. D- Wait, we still got a little bit more to talk about. We do? What up? Oh, man, what am I missing? I collect nightlife stories. Oh. I have a lot of my own. All right. So I need your best nightlife story. My best nightlife story? And then I'll give you one of my best ones. I mean, what are we talking here? Do we want do we want something something whatever funny? You, whatever you create, whatever you witnessed or we got a lot of uh sex related stories in, in Milwaukee. Sex in the booth? Everything. Uh so Well, if you're playing swinger parties, that's gonna happen. No. I, <laughs> that would be ah we have played they they do this this uh like furry convention. Every year, and they they like would always come out while, and you're like, oh shit, like you don't know that it's that weekend until they all start coming out, and then you're like, oh fuck, like all these people are out here with name tags that just say like fuck me on them, and it's like yeah, and you're like, what kind of fucking party is this? And then you like start putting it together, you're like, oh fuck, it's this weekend now. So, <laughs> but no, we uh, I think one of like the wildest stories. Man, there's a lot that are coming to my mind right now where it's just which route I want to go. Um, Why don't you pick the route you want to go, and then I'll find mine that seems it's, it's in the similar vein. All right. Yeah, I've seen some crazy shit, especially in the, the Milwaukee nightlife scene. Um, there was a guy, and this is one of the grossest things I've ever even like seen in my life literally scooped out piss from a toilet and drank it in the middle of the nightclub. But then on the sex side of things where I was going to (laughs) go, uh, when I think it was TI was in town, uh, literally middle of the club Girl started blowing one of like Ti's guys middle of the club, like the Danny Brown video. Yes, literally, and it, like, <laughs> they kind of had a few people circled up. Um, and she just went in for a little bit, and yeah, then he just has his own podcast popped right back up. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah he's on uh, with uh, <coughs> oh, your mom's house, which is uh, Tom Segura. Yeah, like he's got. They they have him as he's one of the podcasters. He's really hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. He's a really he's just a. Really is he still doing like music and stuff or not uh, really? I don't think he does. I think no? he's just doing the podcast. Maybe right. he does some music. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Um, there's just some some crazy shit that I've seen from this is the juicy stuff that like a lot of the people want to hear. It's, this is it's wild. I've walked in on like in a bathroom like guy and girl fucking and just like started talking and like laughing at him and stuff like just the middle of it and just 
you just walk back out and you're like, all right, cool. Well, that, have fun <laughs> with that. Like, it's just there's there's crazy shit all the time. So, it's the nightlife is a a, a wild wild industry where you can see some wild wild things. It is amazing to me at the level of the confidence in that people have and that they are correct and righteous in what they are doing. Yeah. When they're drunk. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you don't excuse me, honey, you don't understand who I am. Mm-hmm. Who are you? My dad's a lawyer. Yeah, do you know who my dad is? I was like, oh. Oh God, uh. And then you find out later, like her dad's a lawyer in like some small towns in the mid yeah. Midwest. And like he's like a public defender or something like that. Yeah. And you're like, so that was he's coming after me. I am no longer worried. On Not the that I was side before, of but things. <coughs> uh let's see. I'll sell this one because we can have uh Eric Sanchez uh, validated it because he was the manager on duty. Oh, God. Scottsdale. Uh, so in Scottsdale, if anybody's ever been to El Jefe, there's like a confetti cannon right next to it. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a confetti cannon in the DJ booth. Um, but it's like a big metal box, probably a, a metal box about the size of this, yeah. one of these cushions here. And there was d- tables on each side of the DJ booth, and then it was in there right next to me. And so the tables were raised up, right? So full-on raging Saturday night, blah, blah, blah. And I've got this girl taps me on the shoulder. She's from the table because it's me, my buddy that's kind of behind me, and then the the confetti cannon and my sister over here. And Well, not my sister. She's a girl that I have to say that because my wife will kill me if I say she's my sister. A friend of mine. Yeah. And we're she's like tapping my buddy Kellen, and then she's tapping me, like, what's going on? She's like, I need to come down there right now. I need to come down there right now, right now, right now, right now. I'm like, in the DJ booth, why? I'm like, okay. And then she just steps over, just steps over, like, falls right into the confetti cannon. Confetti cannon work on CO2. So mm-hmm. it's got, like, the CO2 tank, the tank and yeah. then there's, like, a, a rope around, like a, a rubber hose. Hose, yeah. I don't know how this girl t- did <laughs> She fell and like fell into the tank, but like also like into the hopper for the confetti, but like wrapped her leg in the cable too. So like we're getting her out. Kellen grabs her like by her top. I'm grabbing her leg and like unwinding the rope or the hose off of it. My sister's like trying to help her pull her because she's got, she can't have any weight. Like she's in the box and hanging out of the box. So she's not on the ground. So they're all trying to lift her up and get her out of the box. Break your goddamn mic. I'm sorry. Talk with my hands. It'll be all right. Uh, we get her out, and she just darts off, just takes off down the stairs out of the DJ booth towards the front door. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go back to playing music. And all of a sudden, my entire arm gets warm, like warm. I'm like, what the fuck? And I look down. At the same time as my sister looks down at her arm, because she said it got her arm got warm, and there is blood covering my whole hand, covering her shoulder all the way down on the floor. 
So I immediately open a bottle of kettle that we had just got given. Ugh. And I just start pouring it all over my, my arm and my sister's. I'm like, oh my God, she must have cut herself on the fucking machine. Like, because it's metal, right? Yeah. So just gouge that. I'm like, holy crap. My sister's yelling at me and I can't hear what she's yelling because the monitor's loud. I'm like, what? Blah, blah, blah. I, I keep saying my sister, but whatever. She's yelling at me. She's like, ah, ah. I'm like, I don't know. What like I'm pouring it. I'm like I'm trying to DJ busy. Like everything's there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm not paying attention to what she. I'm pouring stuff on her, and, and she turns the monitor down, and she goes, "It's period blood." I was hoping you weren't gonna say that. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I was like, "No way." She's like, "It's period blood. Oh, it's period blood." I'm like, "Oh my god." We get it off. We get like they give alcohol wipes. They bring all the medical uh. like, wiping it off, and I'm like, "She's just saying that. It's just blood." Eric was coming to the DJ booth when that happened. The girl ran right into him, like almost knocked him over. And she goes, I cut myself on the dance floor. I cut myself. And he, she was wearing a skirt. And he said, he looked at her and went, looks like you just started your period. And she got really embarrassed and ran to the bathroom. He has this picture. I don't know if it's still on his phone. He sent it to me. The bathroom looked like a person exploded in there. There was blood everywhere all over that bathroom. But yeah, it wound up being period blood. That is fucking disgusting. <laughs> you I went with disgusting. You chose disgusting. I know, but <laughs> I would have thrown up. Oh my god! I don't oh, know yeah. if I'd be able to keep DJing. I feel like I would be so grossed out that I would burn. Was, I would have to burn my arm it off. It was pretty traumatic. But yeah. I would have to credit uh, riots security staff for like immediately bringing over like alcohol wipes, and alcohol shit like that. wipes, yeah. the sand, like everything they needed to do to like to walk the floor. Everything Ugh. to like make it sanitary. They just yeah. like it was like once they once they knew what it was, boom, everybody moved into action and cleaned it all up. And then like within 10 minutes, nobody even knew. Like it just smelled like fabuloso in the building. <laughs> and on that note, hazard bags and everything. <laughs> on that note, kids, uh, that's that's gonna do it. <laughs> no, Beware so, of those confetti booths. Yes. Oh. Confetti cannons in the booth. I don't think it was the confetti cannon, yeah, but <laughs> But yeah, um, make sure you guys go follow Diesel at DJ Diesel D E E J A Y. If you guys respond enough to this, then yeah. he'll let me do a mix too. So oh, I've I've been I letting you do one. I I send you the dates. We just gotta you gotta get one lined up. Uh, what do you got coming up? Where are you where are you at in the next? Let's go next. It's week. just season here. Yeah. So we've got. Um, I know there's a couple big pool parties this year. I cannot um, wait to get into some pool parties. We've been talking about it. I can't wait to get you while. to the lake. Yeah. So I, like, I uh, yeah, been told about the lake. That the is lake not season. something that I experienced growing up on the West Coast. Lake life isn't. Oh, I'm a huge lake guy. I'm a, yeah. I'm a water skier. Like with like know? a sand, like a, like a, like a sandbar, and people just kind of go out in the middle of the lake and just yeah. stand. Like it looks like there should be. It should. Be it should be fifty, 50 feet deep, yeah. and all of a sudden you're just standing. Yeah. 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 That's just not like. Growing up on, like, in my, I just never. I got to get Luna to learn how to swim, so I'm down to go to some lakes. She uh, she hasn't been been around the water too much, so. Yeah, I mean, that like, we we go, and it's, like, we run into, because of nightlife, you know so many, so many people that are yep. out there. Because it's kind of the same thing. It's just nightlife during during the day. Yeah. <laughs> day life, yeah. But, yeah, we got to make sure uh, um, that we link up for, for any of that kind of stuff. The pool parties, once that gets started, too. Um, definitely gonna have to stop by and check those out. So, um, 
Make sure, I make sure we're going. The, yeah, you let me ramble on and on and. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you taking the time to to come out here and time, uh, and jump on the show, tell your story. Hopefully, we uh, we get to see more of you on on yeah. Broadway. That's the best. Uh, now that the times changed, telling you like, it's, I go to work on Saturdays and just thank the Lord that I have the job that I have because I have a yeah. view off the top of the roof. It's beautiful weather for five months out of the year. Like mm. I'm like. This is beautiful and amazing. Yeah. And I, like I said, man, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. But yeah, make sure you guys tapping that subscribe button on YouTube. Um, we got a couple great shows coming up on the platform mix. Uh, this week we had Franco on it, uh, closing out the rest of the month. We got Chisel from Miami, one of my favorites. He always puts down a that very, very good mix. To watch for the future. Yeah. Yeah, no, that guy's gonna you, be. You talk branding and content. I mean, that's somebody that that's on top of his his branding and game. He's a helper because I've never met him. I only know him through like, like through some guys that know him in Scottsdale. Yeah. Um, but I reached out to him and I was like, hey, you know, when I was doing the t-shirt line, yeah, just a little side note with Chisel, he like, I was like, yeah, what blanks do you use? Like, what are you using? And he's like, oh, I use this blank and I use this. Like, he was very helpful. Yeah. In in like opening that side of the, his community to that, like, cause he sells t-shirts and like people buy his shit. Like he's got good designs. He's got good branding. He's in the right spots at the right time. He thinks about, you know, he's somebody that if you're close to him or if you're even, you know, you've ever get a chance to meet him, pick his brain, man. The kid's super smart about the business side of what we're yeah. doing. Um, and he's in one of the hottest cities. So it's not hard to, yep. it's not bad to know a good deep, like, no, one of the better DJs. In I mean, he's city. playing everywhere <laughs> down there from SLS to 11 to, to all the hot spots. So, um, but yeah, he's on the show coming up to, to kind of close out March. And then, uh, Mark Anthony too, um, based out of like New York they plays in Vegas, guy. Florida, all they that. Get it, guy. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, a couple great guys to, to end out the month of reach March. reach out to Huggle and see if he'll do another one? Uh, I should, yeah. He did one like right before he blew up, which was awesome. And that was literally just me reaching out on Instagram, and he was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do one. I was like, okay, like expecting him not to answer at sick. all. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, holy shit, yeah. So, but yeah, make sure you guys are subscribing. Um, if you are a member of the Patreon and subscribe to that. That's where we put most of those, those edits from the show. Um, so that way you guys can download them, update those track lists, uh, and, and get ready for whatever gigs that you got coming up. Plus we always share I'll, those, I'll those top a, songs of the week. Yeah. I'll do a top five. I'll send you the cool. top five that, that are not my edits, but what I will do is I'll put like a four pack edit together Yeah, and just give it to you to have anybody download for free on Dope. whatever they want on the Patreon nice. or whatever they're, yeah, that's what we do a lot. I'll put uh, if people send me edit packs, I put them out out for free for the uh, for the listeners. Um, and don't for, don't ever forget, like any of you guys, you're always more than welcome to reach out to yep. me. Yep, I'll make. I dude, I sit at home and make mashups while I'm high all the time. If you have a concept, you're yeah. like, hey man, I'm I'm working on this. I'll help you with it. I have yeah. no problem, man. The I DMs love, are open. Yeah, the DMs are open. I love yeah. helping anybody with that kind of stuff. Or even if somebody that you might you see me take a picture with on my Instagram, or you see them on. And it's like, hey, I'm going to be in this city. Do I have any connections? Yeah. I'm always trying to connect the DJ community because that's what's most important to yeah. me because that's where my life comes from. Love it. So, hell yeah. Anything you guys need, just reach out to me. I'll help you if I can. Awesome. Well, again, we got DJ Diesel on it. We appreciate you coming over, Thank hopping you, on the show. This is, uh, we're, we're out of here with the Platform Podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you.